Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 4, issue 181. You can play along with us. Volume 4, our next five podcasts will include Frequency and Amplitude, then it's Transistor, no relation, uh, 999, 9 hours, 9 persons, 9 doors. After that we return to Halo, Halo 3, and following that, it's a different sort of war with Valiant Hearts. It's the Great War. Uh, head to canerince.com for the full schedule up to the end of Volume 4 anyway. That's Issue 200. The blog as well. We have articles, reviews, and other things. You can find a link to our merchandise store. and buy groovy t-shirts and bags and other such things and uh, support the podcast while you are doing so. We also, of course, have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel on which you can find amusing short videos, sometimes interesting ones. We have another welcome and thank you in this podcast. Uh, this time, um, uh, appreciation and thanks go out to Randall Colburn for uh, featuring us on a recent podcast roundup on the AV Club of all places. Uh, we are featured alongside some, some mighty, esteemed and hugely popular podcasts. So if you found us through that, welcome along to Cana Rinse and we hope that you like what we do. Um, and it's also worth saying, especially to our newer listeners, that we have uh, a second podcast as well as this one. We have a bi-weekly, that's every other week in this case, uh, podcast dedicated to video games music called Sound of Play. Seek that out separately, download and listen at your pleasure. Enhance your day and affirm your life with the joy of it. Please review, rate and most importantly, subscribe to both of our podcasts on iTunes. Uh, keeps our profile up and makes us feel wanted. Thank you. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, Tony Atkins. Hello. Darren Gargett. Hello. Fired. <laughs> and from the same physical space as Tony Atkins, Carl Moon. Hey, guys. We've never done this before. Carl uh, has gone to uh, have a sleepover, a uh, pajama party <laughs> yeah, at right. Tony, Tony's place. And at the time we're recording, it is E3 2015. Uh, the, the the big speeches have all just uh, happened. Just for context, that's why this is happening. And there is no no more games ever to be looking forward to. They're all being made now. No, they are. There will oh. never be another E3. <laughs> and we've interrupted our nightly pillow fights to record this podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, you've, uh, yes. I've got an image of nineties <laughs> um, onesies. Onesies. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> they're less revealing. Well, or sometimes more revealing. Anyway, Halo, right. Uh, this is our first um, look at anything Halo since all the way back in Kane and Rince issue 17, which is many years ago now. Mm. Um, and we did a podcast all about Halo Combat Evolved, uh, and it was specifically about the, uh, the then new anniversary or newish anniversary uh, edition by 343. Obviously, they updated it for um, the Xbox 360. Now that also exists on the Master Chief Collection for Xbox One, as does Halo 2 Anniversary, which we'll talk about uh, together and separately um, in the course of this podcast. Now, uh, it almost feels redundant, but we are going to issue a spoiler warning for Halo 2. Um, this is your spoiler warning for the 11-year-old game that famously, here comes the spoiler, doesn't have an ending. So we can't spoil the ending because there isn't one. Well... 
maybe that's just a bit trollish of me, but uh, <laughs> but we'll get into that as well. So obviously the developer uh, remained as, as Bungie and Microsoft Game Studios published it and they had a huge interest in, in this game. Uh, and it came out, as I say, in November 2004 on the, uh, the old original Xbox. Not the Xbox uh, One. Not the Xbox One, the original Xbox. I'm, I'm getting used to saying that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's working for me. Uh, as with Combat Evolved, a PC port arrived some time later. I don't know if there was as much of a gap, um, but, uh, but this uh, didn't arrive for almost three years. In the summer of 2007, the Windows PC version mm-hmm. of Halo 2 arrived um, to a, I think it's fair to say, a much more muted response than the console version, both in terms of uh, review scores and sales. I would say, obviously, you know, the anniversary edition we have now, it's it's quite different from what that PC version. It was that was just a smarten up, um, smooth out the textures, um, you know, higher resolution, um, but felt very much the same game um, as the original. Famously, Combat Evolved started off as a as a Mac game, I guess, so mm-hmm. a PC game, effectively. Uh, ended up on we talked about this on the on the previous podcast. Ended up on uh, Xbox. Was designed around the controller, or the controller was designed around the game. I suppose it's it's uh, it's been said the original the the massive the Duke the hamburger the original <laughs> Xbox controller um, was kind of made to play Halo with uh, in a similar way to how the N64 controller was uh, designed around Super Mario 64. Mm. So playing it, I remember people saying of, of the Combat Evolve port and uh, and also the, the Halo 2 port that it just never felt the same if you were no. playing it with mouse and keyboard. Mm. I mean, it, the, one of the reasons that, that I was interested in it is because uh, they added achievements, which was a big, ah, big draw for me. Live, yeah, right? and it, mm-hmm. obviously one of the downsides as well was that it had to run on Windows Vista. Yeah, Vista exclusive. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. A way of a way of shifting um, vistas. It was mm. a perfectly fine port, and it it has to be said there was um, they had the multiplayer in it as well. So that was quite a big deal that people could yeah. still continue yeah. the the legacy of that the Halo Two multiplayer. Sure. Quick saves. Does it did it support the normal PC method of quick saving, or did it insist that you use checkpoints, a la the console version? I honestly don't remember. It's <laughs> quite a game changer, isn't it, for mm-hmm. Halo? Yeah, I mean, in a way, because playing for the checkpoints is so much a part of the game, especially at the higher levels. Oh, yes, yes, very much. As we speak, uh, Tony and Carl have a legendary. Uh, game of the anniversary Halo 2 on Xbox One, uh, which came out in November 2014, of course, um, paused <laughs> at, at, while they are making this podcast. That that is dedication. Well, it's it's on Grave Mind, and Grave Mind is a long, long level, and it's it's yeah. the best part of four hours of an <laughs> afternoon's work, and we're right at the end. But you know, podcasts take precedent, or the show takes precedent. So it's uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it in a couple of hours. It'll still be there, hopefully. So. The reviews for the Xbox version when it came out were uh, pretty much, you know, off the charts positive. Um, the game was reviewed by over 100 outlets and averaged a score of almost 95%, according to GameRankings.com. Uh, and the reason we use them is because it's a, it's a pure mean average rather than Metacritic's uh, weighted score, which I prefer a pure mean average. Um, whereas the PC version uh, was, uh, as I say, greeted with a far less uh, rave, 73%, slightly less. Um, and the game sold a lot, a lot of copies. So millions and millions. Now, th- this was, I think this is the first game I remember where it was a news story that it was coming out. Mm. Um, if, if there was, if there was a game before it, I mean, maybe, maybe some Mario stuff and, and things like mm. that had, had made the news. But you know how almost every year now you get, 
on you know BBC Radio and and breakfast and stuff like this. You know, this game is out this morning, whether it's Call of Duty or FIFA or one of the big hitters like that. This was the one where I remember that the launch of Halo Two was like an actual kind of a media event mm-hmm. that made it onto outside of gaming news and or at least in a positive manner. Yeah, 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 sure. And 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 in in 2015, that doesn't seem that unusual, but. 11 years ago it was it was remarkable that this game kept popping up on uh you know on on the regular yeah bill gates was there at the launch giving away the first copy it's you know it's, yeah. it's big it's a big deal a very very yeah. big deal now carl your history with the game were you there taking that copy out of bill gates withered hand or uh, uh no sadly i had to wait until it was available in the uk uh so i didn't get it direct from bill uh, we we just call him Bill, you know. It's a close Is relationship. It three days later, or did we have to wait a bit longer than that? <laughs> I can't remember the day, the exact day that it came out, but I do remember the events that occurred. Um, it was the it was near enough the start of my second year of university when things start to get real, and I'd vowed that I was going to take it very seriously. I was going to stay mm-hmm. in all my lectures, and I had a nine a.m. start that day, so I got an early start. I walked into the university at half eight, and I sat there waiting, and then I thought, nah. <laughs> can't be doing this walk straight back into Middlesbrough town uh, no, I mean it, it, it used to take me a, a good 40 minutes to an hour to get from where I lived into the university in the first place so I was waiting outside game at 9 o'clock when it opened, walked straight in bought my copy uh, walked straight to the train and went home so that was a, that was a good day of university so yeah, yeah I was well certainly done. there day one uh, Tony, day one? Absolutely um, yeah. Halo Halo, Halo, Combat, uh, Combat Evolved is one of my all-time favourite games, um, and I, I've said this a few times. I, it's the game that brought me back into gaming when I was just starting to, you know, I was twenty-four, stuff going on. I just, yeah, there was other. I was actually kind of playing a lot of World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. I was certainly into my mm, PC yep. stuff. Um, I was going to say girls, drugs, rock up. No, no, World no. Of Warcraft. <laughs> but I just, I felt like I was slightly wandering away from console gaming, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and. You know that is the game that that pulled me back in, and that actually made me realise, oh my god, this this whole next generation of consoles, look at the power! And yeah, that is still a absolute phenomenal game. Now, Halo Two is I, I have a funny story. There was a Play dot com is a a website here in the UK. Uh, it's no longer kind of going to kind of turn into something else, but they they used to have a gaming event. Um, this was when they were quite big back then. Yeah, and. Uh, I think it only lasted a couple of years, but they had Halo 2 as a preview there. And I I queued up for seven hours to play Halo 2. Um, that was was my excitement for this game. Um, and the funny story of that was the controls were inverted or non-inverted for me. So I spent the t- pretty much my 20-minute session with it looking at the ground and the ceiling. Um, so yes, my assignment for this game was was huge. And I got it day one and I completed it the same day. So, mm. yeah on which did you just play it through on normal first no i just played i'm sure I, yeah it must have been having having going through on legendary it, it certainly wasn't yes. on that uh, day one but i think i grabbed it normal and i got there at nine o'clock yeah went to the store got it picked it up and uh by the time the evening had come i'd seen the, the single player and yeah it's <laughs> I, I was pretty damn excited for it I recall that uh, Bungie used to at least uh, recommend that for solo play, Heroic was the kind of the, the sweet spot mm. difficulty, whereas Legendary is is something to be undertaken by fools and co-op mm. people only. Um, but obviously, each of us have done solo Legendary runs on different uh, episodes of, of Halo, but sometimes it, it does feel like quite a tall order. <laughs> um, Darren Gargett, 
Hmm, 2004, yeah. November. Yeah, so uh, this is, by this time, I'd, it's been a few months since I'd left uh, Rare as a tester, but people were playing this uh, on their lunch breaks as like third-party testers. So like during yeah. your lunch hour, you play Halo 2 multiplayer, Beta, early Alpha. Access. Yeah, really early <laughs> access. So I'd seen it in the uh, in the office. I, I don't think I played it in the office. I'm not too sure why, um, but I remember people like Scott McDowell and Simon Chang playing it and they were filming themselves and sending their videos off to Bungie. I'm not too sure why I didn't play it. Maybe I weren't allowed. I can't really remember. But anyway, uh, I did, I'd gone back into retail at this point and working for my uh, my old boss, Kelvin, uh, at the independent game shop in town. And this was on a, a massive wave of retail success. Like San Andreas was out. Half-Life 2 was coming out. Doom 3 was out. Mm. Uh, um, Unreal Tournament 2004. So there was a lot of first-person shooters that were vying for my attention. But Halo 2 was you know at the forefront of my mind because halo one like i mentioned in the other show it kind mm. of converted me into the kind of the game that i am now where i'm, I'm accepting of all consoles whereas before i was quite you know i'm not ashamed to say it, but i was quite nintendo focused whereas now it's like now i'm, I'm playing all three and I, I blame that <laughs> on halo like halo opened my eyes to so many different That's possibilities it. and i was like well, man yeah. the xbox is amazing so halo 2 came out and i managed to get it a day before it came out officially because nice. working in a shop and I took the day off. I sat down, I played it on normal by myself and I phoned him up at the end of the day. He goes, I said, I've done it, Kelvin. And he was like, you're joking. And he was, what do you think? I was like, well, <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll tell you my feelings later on. But yeah, yeah I, I totally caned and rinsed it on day one. And then I played it co-op, split screen, you know, with, with our friends and brothers and all sorts of people like that. My history with the game is I, I I remember buying it day one. I don't have hugely strong memories, but I remember it being the whole thing being an event. But, you know, sometimes you have an almost uh, eidetic memory of going to the shop, yeah. you know, whatever, mm. whatever you traded in, who, the, who you served you and stuff like that. I don't have one of those memories with Halo 2, but I remember going into town, getting it, coming back um, and playing it, you know, that day. And... Um, yeah, I, I think I must. I probably even started off my Xbox Live subscription with that card that was included in the box, and then and then carried on subscribing. And I think that was that was as much as anything to do with um, my dabbling with Halo Two online. I certainly did give it a, a fair crack, um, hmm. but as uh, back then and for many years after that, and actually still to this day, to a point, I have to be in exactly the right mood to want to play yeah. online competitive shooty games because. I really like them, but I, find, I don't find it relaxing, really, in any way. Um, so, you know, and sometimes I want to relax when I'm playing video games. So it's not, it's not my default position. Like, I know a lot of people will just sit mm. down to play Battlefield for the night, which is something I thoroughly enjoy when I do it. Mm. But I, it's not something I want to do all the time. And Halo 2 was my, I suppose, my second real experience of trying to play online shooters after Quake 3 on the Dreamcast, which I'd had some fun with and a little bit of success at. You know, I wasn't... I was always, you know, mid to upper ranking on, on that game. And um, Halo 2, I, I generally found the same, that I would be a sort of mid-table or slightly above player. And, and that, that was enough for me. I knew I'd never be one of these, you know, absolute ninjas who, who you know, the people who dedicated all their time to it or just had preternaturally, you know, uh, brilliant hand-eye coordination or, or whatever. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I, I must have sunk a fair few hours in and, and I enjoyed it enough to, to, you know, stump up for... 
for Xbox Live. As for the single player, well, yeah, I I just I, I reckon I just played it through in two or three days on probably normal, and then went back and did at least some of it, probably most of it on heroic to get the little badges mm. on the levels. And now I've just been back the last uh, week or so playing it again on normal, um, playing the anniversary uh, edition on the Master Chief Collection, which I've had since launch, even though uh, I've only just really started playing it. Um, <laughs> But there you go. That's the way it is. It's just one of those things I had to have on my on my hard drive. But um, we'll get into it. So scenario and story. While I enjoyed the sort of space opera uh, silliness of of the first game, I wasn't desperate to get deep with the lore and learn about what happened to John Master Chief next and all the surrounding events of the galaxy and the Covenant and the forerunners and the halos. And it's just to me, it's just complete um wallpaper is just there to hang the combat on mm. um but i know that uh some people are really really into this stuff i i do feel like i've played through this time and i've played this game four times now but i finally understand what halo 2 is on about and but that's not great right it, you know four times for me to actually get what the story is talking about and mm. there is actually some reasons to that the listen to the the commentary um over you know over the top of the game there's a lot of conversations about bits that were whole levels that were removed to, you know right mm. at the last minute um you know sections you know there's a talk about the end and why the end makes you know little to no sense is because the end was actually taken out of the game because it wasn't ready to be shipped etc so yeah there's there's reasons i just think why halo 2 in particular the story is a bit of a convoluted mess uh, it should be better there, there's some stuff like you know it, it makes no sense how Master Chief meets Grave uh, the Grave Mind um, purely because the level where he met Grave Mind he got taken that whole level got taken out because it wasn't working right and they had to ship the game um, so he just falls off the edge of this yeah. uh, thing mm-hmm. and falls into a pit and then that's that but actually he has a, a whole you know originally there was a whole fight with Grave Mind where his tentacles was coming down and you know there's a speech and he drags mm. him down and it's a shame because I think it would give the story a little bit more legitimacy. Um, and also, there's some weird stuff like um, he pushes the the bomb right at the start out of the out of the um, uh, out of the ship, and he floats down and he puts it into the like the core of that the the mm. big covenant ship, and then jumps off. Mm. And once again, that there they he was meant to land on the ship, and you fight through the covenant ship. Um, mm. But oh, really? technical reasons, that level got cut, um, so they <laughs> had to. You know, spend less money and put together something that you know fitted in there. So I just think it's one of those ones. I think, like Carl said, they try to um, run before they could really walk. And it, what it does, it loses the charm of the first one, which, like you say, Leon, is is more of a space opera. This becomes more about you know the talky version of the space opera. It disengages the character. But what I would say is that Master Chief is still very much an intoxicating character to want to play. Um, and Cortana, like the elements are there. But certainly, you know, Halo 2's story is the weakest of the franchise. You kind of wish that um, the the anniversary edition would have included these missing levels because I, mm. I, I would like to see and play those missing levels like as a director's cut, even if they're not like fully functional. I kind of like to see them in like a in a in a side section, like you know, beta levels or something like that. Because you know, I, like I say, I don't really understand the Halo story from moment to moment, but I would like to see how those dots joined together originally, and then they got taken out because of you know development reasons. And you kind of wish that. You know, if they were to do those levels, and maybe Blur Studios, who did the FMV, could then do like, uh, you know, like FMV for the cutscenes that were missing as well. You know, I feel like it's a shame to yank levels out of there entirely, and but they had their reasons, fair enough. But I'd, 
I'd like to see him either, you know, in some form or maybe in a, in a fully complete form in this anniversary. I'm not so sure. I, I'm, you know, I think for me, quite a, a few of the levels in Halo 2 are, are quite weak, and the thought of playing the ones that weren't good enough to be included in the mm. game would would wouldn't be a fun a fun thing to do. But it's interesting, Tony. You say, uh, you know, that it became like the the more talky version of a space opera. Well, that's ex- that exactly tallies with my thoughts, which were at the time and still are. Um, you know, crappy CG aliens talking politics and religion. Yeah. This is a this is a Star Wars prequel. Yeah, it's, 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 it's episode it's, one, it's that, right? Yeah, it's, it's that yeah. sort of level of of of. of tedium and nonsense and uh, uh and it's only really almost as with certain certain people who appear in the in the star wars prequels um it's some of the good voice performances which which drag it through there's some really you know some good people in there um ron perlman and and uh robin atkin down uh, robin atkin downs and keith david and uh, and i always enjoy um jen taylor as uh cortana who's wow. now famous for you know all sorts of other reasons yeah. um and uh yeah interestingly i didn't know this but steve downs who who has played master chief all the way through and, and continues to play him um his his only other credit apart from one previous uh game to halo is um he plays the uh, the star lord character peter quill as as uh as chris pratt did in in the recent guardians of the galaxy movie but in a cartoon mm-hmm. um but uh yeah so um yes not for me at all it's it's um uh, i am enjoying the 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 pumped up visuals of of the anniversary mm. um cutscenes just on a you know i like um uh, you know again as with the star wars prequels the shots of spaceships and, and yeah. their engine noises and stuff are great it's just yeah. everything else in yeah, between some, sometimes it's nice to look at a little bit of pretty and and the anniversary job does uh, the anniversary edition does a fantastic job of that with the cutscenes the yeah. Problem is maybe yeah. the content is still there. It, it it does throw a lot of information, and as I said earlier, I think my big issue with them splitting the two characters is it throws a lot of information in two different ways. Yeah, um, and, and then you've got the, the timeline moving around, and you're never quite sure where you stand with what, and it it, it becomes a bit more confusing than it ever needed to be. It's not just that it's confusing; it's that it's boring. It's, I mean, that, for me, that's that's the problem. Yeah. It's just that there's it's it's very po faced. Uh, apart from you know the comic relief of the grunts and things like that, and yeah, Cortana uh, does help a lot because she's such a likable character and, and gets some some decent lines, I think. But the overall story, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sprawling, and and yeah, it, I, I suppose it is confusing to a point, but. It's the, it's the kind of it's not the kind of fascinating, confusing where you're desperately well for me, where I was desperately I wasn't yeah. desperately trying to claw all the threads back together so mm. I could understand. It was more like well I don't care. This this is just crappy aliens talking religion <laughs> and politics, and um and please let me shoot some more stuff. And I, I, obviously it's it's always been in there, and they've got to explain the reasons behind the covenant actions from the first game. Um, yeah. that, that's that's where that filler comes in, and it obviously comes from the the religion side of it because that that's the big side of their of their motives. Uh, but certainly in terms of how it tells the story, it you know muddled's probably the ideal way to describe it because they do a much better job in the first one where it felt a really streamlined story. The third one feels like quite a streamlined story, and the Halo Two story is a bit shotgunned, um, and, and I think that's the reason it maybe took. I don't know how many players. I mean, certainly at least three or four full completions plus many little bits here and there before you, I got a grasp on it. There, there's, there's certainly no point like going over every every aspect of it, but I, I, just, I do think it's interesting how the first game, obviously, you're, you're fighting against Covenant and you think the Covenant are all, all bad 
Um, and Halo 2 gives a, you know, it, it does give that interesting side of actually the government uh, are following the prophets and the prophets are basically feeding them a bunch of lies uh, for their own, you know, for their own deeds at the end. Um, and of course the flood are in there just really is a, a false killing everything. And then the brutes also think that they're, you know, that they're going to take over the covenant's um, you know, position with the prophets and then eventually cross the prophets. Like it sounds, even saying that it sounds kind of boring, but actually, you know, seeing the the background of an enemy that you, you, you know, I wouldn't say despise because the, the first game wasn't really like that, but you know, what essentially was an enemy and actually seeing the, the reasons, the politics behind who they are and um, getting to know them a bit more was, was a brave move, an interesting move and maybe a foolish move. Nevertheless, I think, you know, it's, it's got some interesting ideas there, uh, just poorly executed in a game that you know wasn't quite ready for that stuff to to be you know maybe the audience to to engage with. And but I agree, Leon. It, it's 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 slowly it's slow and it's you know, it's not particularly well um, told and it's plodding. And once again, there's a few places there where stuff was taken out. So you got cutscenes that flow into cutscenes that shouldn't be there, but that's the way it was. But then again, mm. you know, development, you know, I wouldn't say development hell, but, you know, that is development. But at the end of the day, this is a product that, you know, we play and we have to talk about and we have to review what's given us there in front of us. Yeah. I think it's it's more like uh, the development hell is is more about the fact that this game absolutely had a window that it absolutely had, had to, to hit. hit. So yeah. it's not so mm. much, it's not so much development hell as in it dragged on and dragged on. It was more like, right, this game is hugely ambitious You've got this bit, you know, they're trying something that hasn't been done too much before with the massive and this this multiplayer component was so crucial to Microsoft to, to get it right. That was a, that was a huge focus. And they obviously overreached with the single player game and then they had to ship it. And, and I think, yeah, that's that is that sort of development hell as in you can't have as long as you want just to, to make the perfect product. So they had to, you know, they had to get it out the door. Ultimately. Yeah, I mean, you listen to the, the making of featurettes and you, you hear them talking uh, predominantly the likes of Jason Jones in there. And he's saying how he was fighting um, with the producers for 24 hours. Uh, additional time so that he could put a little bit more emotion on the faces throughout the cutscenes, and wow. you know, it, it it was certainly very much down to the wire. And I'm, I'm, it will have pained them to have had to remove the, the five levels that we know that no they removed. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and and Jason Jones takes a lot of pride in in what he produced, and that you know, they all sort of rip on him a little bit because of the length of the cutscenes and how he really wanted to tell so much of a story. It. it, it yeah, it's just it's just too much work. Um, and with Xbox Live, and this had to really get it going, and uh, that will have had a, a huge impact on it all. But then again, mm. you look at the other side, the multiplayer was a humongous success. That was a massive hit, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think my impression has always been um, I, I, that this is the, the, the game that, in the series that perhaps received the most criticism for its abrupt story, abrupt and confusing story, um, or, or not, or unengaging story, um, however you take it. Um, but that said, I, I suspect there are, you know, in, in circles in which I do not move, which is, is the very, you know, the, the Halo super fans, probably some of which will be listening to a Halo podcast. So as usual, apologies to those super fans. We are not necessarily those, although some of us are kind of more into it than others. 
that maybe actually for the real hard hardest core of the Halo fans, there's so much in this story that hints to other stuff that there's probably elements of it. The fact that it opens up the universe more and splits off in these different directions that maybe some people absolutely love it. You know, it's like the start of something. Even though it was the sequel, a lot of it was foundation work uh, for the, the, the that that Halo franchise as a whole. Inevitable, it, sequels, which is. Yeah. is Huge, you know. You, you've looked. They've gone into the ODST side. They've gone into the prequel side. They've gone into the sequel side. All from Halo Two. Uh, yeah, it's obviously a phenomenal undertaking that went in there, and you, you, you lay out the foundations. There's, there's no way that you can do that outside of the game. So it, it's almost like it was an inevitable, uh, an inevitability. That that this mm. that was what this game was going to be held back on, and I think if I ever had to compare it with another game, it, it might not seem obvious. It's Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, in that that's the one where the multiplayer mm. really took off, and people criticised the single player. The single player is probably not as bad as has been made out, um, but it, it took it in a different direction, and that, that, you know, and, and Call of Duty's never been the same since. Obviously, Halo came back over. It was just that real push towards the multiplayer. That I'll always remember Halo 2 for the multiplayer, even though I was never a huge fan. Mm. And it, like several books or several movies I've read over the, over the years, it's taken a long time for me to end up coming around. I don't hate Halo 2. I don't dislike it. I actually love Halo 2. Um, sure. But it's, it's you know, already I'll say flat out, it's for me the worst of the Bungie lot. And I don't mm. think that's a surprise to say this early because I know many people most likely feel the same way. But I, 10 years down the line, I love Halo 2 more now than I did then. Yeah. Um, another a, a controversial inclusion, um, which I think threw a lot of people for a loop um, and probably in some ways informs people's overall feelings towards uh, Halo 2 in many cases, um, is the Arbiter, the inclusion of a second playable character, an elite um, Contributor Glenn Watts, a regular contributor from the forum, says, I still have no idea how they kept the fact that you play half the game mm-hmm. as another character secret, even to the point of it not being mentioned in a lot of reviews. Mm. Now, I haven't been back to reviews from the time, so I can't corroborate that, but I'm, I'm going to take him on his word for that. And, and, and I don't remember um, reading reviews that didn't mention the Arbiter, but I don't. Yeah, it could easily have been the case. So, I mean, it, you know, it may have been that they some people who reviewed it never got as far as the Arbiter or, or they were told not to reveal that the yeah, Arbiter was in it or, or something. But for a lot of people, I think they um, in, in, a, in a very similar way to the earlier Metal Gear Solid 2, mm. um, I think people went in, some people yeah. went in only wanting to play as their beloved protagonist, in this case, the Master Chief. And to be told a few levels in that you're playing one of, you know, ostensibly one of the bad guys. Mm, one of the guys uh, you've been destroying for the last, yeah. you know, 20 odd hours in the first game. Some people really weren't happy about that, were they? And interestingly, I was playing um, one of the Arbiter's levels just yesterday. I forgot that I was playing the Arbiter <laughs> for about 45 <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I've got a gun in my hand, uh, you know, because, yes, okay, you've got a cloaking ability, a limited cloaking ability, and um, that's about... Uh, Mostly you start with a sword as well. Well, you start with a sword, but, yeah, you don't you don't have to keep that for any length of time. And Master Chief can hold a sword as well, can't mm-hmm. he? And, and so, yeah. so, that yeah, really, if you're, if you're not paying any attention to the story, it's like big whoop well, normally, I mean, normally you'd have teammates with you so you'd have you know um other covenant with you so that would be the only kind of indication that they're not trying to shoot you they're actually you know 
helping you. Yeah, you've got a green reticule saying the, 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 They can yeah. be the most confusing mm-hmm. le- uh, levels because you can have the Covenant shooting at Covenant and yeah. being confused who's yeah. the good, who's the bad, and basically and I think in anniversary, they're even, they're, they're even less well-defined as to which colours are which and things mm. like that. And in fact, it, you're exactly right. It was I, I came to a point where I, I did about a 45-minute section. Maybe, maybe it wasn't that long. Maybe it's half an hour where I was just, you know, solo. I was I was out of range, out of contact of, of other helpers. And then suddenly I, I slid into a room. They, they, Halo 2's levels have always been signified for me by these weird bits where you drop down through pistons and drop yeah. down through tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, not something that you did much of in the first game. Um, and then suddenly there were a load of uh, Covenant in the room, uh, you know, elite characters. And I was thinking, oh, here we go. Okay. And I was looking forward to one of the, you know, one of those great pieces in in Halo where you've got kind of three different factions fighting off against each other. Mm. Uh, nope. <laughs> it was these are my buddies i was like oh yeah look my hands actually got a sort of lizardy texture on it yeah i'm the arbiter i'd forgotten i think yeah. a lot of it just comes from the fact that master chief was everywhere leading into the launch of halo 2 halo 2 was a, a, as you said it was on the news it was newsworthy and if, if you look at the uh the making of that, that you can watch through xbox live you, you see just how big it was the world over as opposed to just how we remember it in say the uk uh, and or even the cover got him, you know, Master Chief on the front holding two guns up with his visor, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Master Chief. And and yeah. to suddenly be like, well, why aren't I being Master Chief? And it's not just for a little bit; it's obviously it's... half the game. But over time, you know, you you tend to forget these sins, and and you look back and you think, well, Keith David's a really really good actor. He's a for me yeah. an even better voice actor, and he does a really good job as as the Arbiter. And there's a strong argument. That I, for me at least, that the arbiter sections of the story are more interesting than Master Chiefs mm-hmm. in Halo Two. Yeah, I can I can go along with that as, I, as much as I don't care either way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would yeah. say and this is going to be a bit more about the gameplay later, but I would also say that some of the issues is that you, I tend to find the arbiter levels to be a lot slower paced. Um, the generally yes. you're, you're walking mm. into something a bit, you know, more and there's there's more setup. There's normally a bit more story that they wanted to get the arbiter story across, seemingly, and more than. Master Chief story, so everything just takes a little bit, yeah, you know, just a few more seconds coming into rooms, just to, you know, hmm. maybe you need to take things out silently, which is less of an issue when you're playing Master Chief. It just feels like the, the gameplay is a little bit slower, and I, so I, I do think mechanically it does feel, I don't want to say significantly different, but there, I, I do know, I mean, personally, I do know when I, I come in as the arbiter, there's, there's normally a slight change of style and tactics. Hmm. Yeah, playing on Legendary, I. I I often forgot that I was the arbiter, and that kind of speaks to how like you know how familiar they are in terms of gunplay and all that. But when you realise you've got the the cloak button in the corner, and you're like, oh yeah, oh, I can God, cloak. Yeah. You suddenly you suddenly realise that if you're playing a legendary, you can just sort of try and sneak past half the enemies, which is part of the fun for me in Halo in experimentation and trial and error. Is that you know okay this time I'm going to try and sneak past this bunch of enemies, and hopefully I get a checkpoint. And again, Halo Two playing it again recently on anniversary. I, I again got nostalgic for checkpoints, which is a, a thing, a weird thing that I said in the, for, for, for the first game. But again, this time around, I was like, oh yeah, I remember getting a checkpoint there before because I did this and that. And <laughs> it, it, it's such a weird thing. And I can't say yeah. it for any other game. But yeah, using the cloaking ability as the Arbiter was, um, once, once I remembered that I was him, I was, you know, experimenting and, and abusing it. So let's talk a little about uh, the visual side of things as well. The, the there's kind of three tiers to this now. Um, we've got the original graphics um, as they looked, and I haven't been back to Halo Two uh, as an Xbox original or anything for for a long time. Um, 
it supported 480p if you had a uh, one of those tellies that did that uh, and widescreen um which was nice back in 2004. Um, so we've got that, that original version, which you can kind of get a feel for by pressing the, the, uh, the back button or whatever it's called these days on, on the Xbox One yeah, controller. I don't know. View button. Then you've got the, the version you can look at on the Master Chief Collection, which is, uh, it resembles the, you know, it has the textures and things of, of the original release, but it runs, it, it's, it's smoother and it's through HDMI and whatever. So it looks nice. And then there's the anniversary, uh, sort of reskin. Uh, which you can transition with 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 the flick of that button and uh, uh, and enjoy the new look. So, um, my memories of playing the original at the time were that I was not um, overly blown away by the graphics compared to the to Combat Evolved, mm. and in fact there were all sorts of issues with um, textures drawing in late, especially on cutscenes and things like that. Mm. It was it, it seemed a bit um, again. It was another thing which perhaps betrayed its. Um, curtailed development time mm-hmm. um I, I have a feeling that maybe the frame rate wasn't as consistent as the original combat evolved because uh, but maybe that was to do with more ambitious geometry and, and more uh, you know greater amount of enemies on screen and things like that um and also the color palette um you know i know some people are really not a fan of the use of purple and stuff in the alien sections of, of the original combat evolved but um this game kind of had as well even though you went back to places on on earth and things like that there there were it, there were some seriously kind of garish areas mm. as i recall that that's my overall impression anyway um but playing it now on the anniversary edition uh it's it, it feels like as with combat evolved anniversary to me it's like a real mixed bag some sections look beautiful like mm. really really like the most perfect update you could imagine and then other sections are like you chose that texture mm-hmm. you chose that design that art doesn't look like the original art so it's kind of i'm kind of i'm kind of mixed on it but overall i, I would yeah i'm generally playing the anniversary skin <laughs> put it that way it, yeah i used to really like the look of it on the on the original xbox uh-huh. i'll get used to naming the consoles eventually yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i was a, i remember halo 2 was one of the first games to really start pushing normal mapping, certainly on consoles. This is That's right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, had the likes of Half Life Two and all that had that under control. But normal mapping was quite intensive for the original Xbox, and the end result was that it had late texture popping, which would drive me mad. It, it was quite a criticism from a lot of people, as I remember, and it, and it was a little bit irksome. But you see it now. Then I, when I played it on the PC, you realise that four eighty p or potentially less, actually masked a lot of issues that you have with geometry where it starts to look a little bit more plain. And then if you look at a 1080p from the Master Chief Collection, it's horrendous it really looks quite aged at times. <laughs> mm. uh, certainly in the outdoor areas, you know, you, you mentioned the garish areas on Earth, so you've got the likes of Metropolis, which are um, very orange and brown and dirt mm. and grimy basically all looks like the first kill zone game and that's that looks better uh considerably better for how they chose it in uh the master chief collection but then you look at certain inside areas which had quite a lot of charm uh in the original 2004 version that that sometimes i actually found myself preferring uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the doors for example in anniversary i wasn't a fan of that design it didn't feel right whereas you know, it was designed with that purpose to be that way specifically on the original Xbox. It's all a matter of tastes, but the the real odd one out for me was always the PC release, which was the Xbox release. 
at a much higher resolution and it just did not look right you know with with the original or uh, play especially specifically playing it on a CRT uh, and Master collection now in the new mode I haven't got a problem playing either of those I, I certainly don't remember any frame rate issues just just obviously the texture popping mm. it's it's a real mix bag with with this release and I, I think anybody that's looking to to jump into halo if they've never played you know any of the halos for the first time I, I do actually say that anniversary collection is the way to go and i'll just put this here anniversary collection has had a number of issues very well reported i think everyone knows but i have to hmm. say what we're eight months after release now i i think it's all but fixed uh, i've been playing a whole load of it um recently and you know co-op seems to be pretty much solid there's the mm. odd weird bug or two that you come across i had this ridiculous thing where i'd get a checkpoint but um i've been, been playing with um my friend john and um you know he'd get a different checkpoint so we'd be in different parts of the you know the the world and but you know it controls the same in the same world so you'd be constantly dying because it has no idea what's going on like stuff like that happens and that's unfortunate but i have to say that it feels like the anniversary stuff is, is now fixed and it's the easiest way to get into this Hmm. Um, franchise of games and I know a lot of people who played out of the gate would have different stories um, and Carl in particular had horrendous yeah. times with, with two but I've not experienced those now I think it's had like pretty much 40 gigs of worth of updates so it probably should mm. be fixed right yeah you think so but, yeah the irony is I think that the Master Chief collection was rush released to fit a, yeah, a, a, a release date window so and, and, you know it was even stuff like they've gone back in and kind of revamp the ui the the menus and things like yeah. that because they were so unfriendly and confusing yeah um but i'd still i still question 343 industries um basic code base or whatever because you, you remember tony when when oh anniversary played, horrendous played anniversary yeah. in co-op one of the things that we had all the time was the uh i guess it's some sort of clipping issue where where bits of you know because there's lots of destructive uh, destructible scenery in halo bits that things that can blow up chunks of things flying around and one of the things we got all the time was that thing where things get trapped in, in scenery, other polygons yeah. and start making clang 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 specifically the plasma pistols <laughs> it still happens yeah. it still happens yeah, in this in in halo 2 anniversary they can't get that right and uh, i've played through halo anniversary sloppy. on on the one version and on the Master Chief collection and it's loads better than the 360 version um it's oh yeah sure i had a massive uh issue with the halo 2 anniversary um anniversary edition did i just repeat myself i think i did in the level of regret uh, me and my brother playing it uh a legendary co-op and we got to the boss where you know that guy's sitting in his chair he's got saggy skin oh, and, he's, and he's firing the beam at you we spent like two hours just trying to fight him and once we beat him after so much trial and error and frustration mm-hmm. it was like one in the morning uh, Master Chief has his new fancy cutscene. He runs out and he said, "You know, he saved the day, the moment, and it crashed." And I was like, "Oh no!" And it, it booted me to death uh, to the dashboard. I reloaded it. I'd lost all like four or five hours yeah. worth of progress, and I was not happy. Yeah. It's, it's right that that bug still exists. I had the same issue. <laughs> so I, I went back about a month later, and I played it on heroic just for the sake of sanity, because legendary co-op um, doesn't do the normal traditional Halo respawn when you die if your mate runs mm. away from combat. It kind of does the as if you're playing reload solo, in that, yeah, it reloads back to where you got the checkpoint, which is a which is a weird decision. And they've they, you know they've they've gone back in Halo Three and Four and all the, all the rest of them. But yeah, um, it is a lot better now. And I, I have played through ODST on the thingy uh, on the anniversary collection, excuse me. And uh, you know I haven't had any problems since. So yeah, um, knock on wood. But back back to the actual graphics. Um, Two's really an odd game for this. 
Mainly, I think, because I think of one and I think of the outdoor areas. This will get into gameplay a bit more, but actually just visually. I think of the grandeur of the outdoor areas, the snow areas, um, you know, driving, just just feeling open. And the color palette's really interesting. Two, although you're on another halo, it never actually really feels like you're on another halo. No. It feels like you're on an encampment. Um, like a, you could be on a ship most of the time. It just... Uh, you know, there's a lot of indoor areas that that once again that will get into the, the gameplay, but I think it suffers um, visually because of that. And also with with this anniversary edition, it's it's odd how they actually do it. So the easiest way to describe if you have uh, the the original, which is just a flat flat texture, it's it's coloured, whatever it may be, and you could stand on top of it and you could be sniping things down below. Um, with the anniversary edition, what they've done is they've drawn new textures over the top. So now you might have you know, grass there and a bunch of bushes and even a tree there that may have not been there before. But actually, you know, they're all, you know, they're just there. You can stand in them, you know, you can clip through them most of the time, but without really realising because you're, com- you're actually in combat. But what that leads to some really ridiculous things, which is you know, the, the game engine is still running on what it, it sees. So you mm. think I'm hidden behind this bush, everything's yeah. fine, they can't see mm. me. But actually if you flip back into the old mode, you're standing in complete open, yeah. getting shot from left, right and centre because you're going hi, and actually That's... there's bushes and stuff where you think yeah. oh, I'm perfectly fine. And that That's... that is something um, you know, we keep talking about legendary and legendary is, is very hard in this game, also massively rewarding. But that's mm. one of those things where you go, yep, I need to go back into the old view because um, the actual, you know, the, the scenery is letting me down now. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure there's any other way they could have done it. Um, you know, I'm not mm. a programmer, but it, it's one of those things which, you know, you, you find yourself having to to you know, press the back button. Uh, or yeah, whatever, that's right. Whatever it may be. And, um, especially, especially with the and snipers. Yeah, the snipers are God the jackals, yeah. Yeah, because the geometry of the rocks and the cliffs around you are different between the anniversary and the original. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have to go back into the original mode to see if the snipers can see me through the rocks that may or may not be there. It's really weird. And yeah. um, it was a bit of a learning curve. We're like, well, why are we getting shot? Like, we're, we're hiding behind a rock. And then you, you take it away. <laughs> Literally, you take it away by pressing the button. <laughs> you're and it's gone. And you're like, there. not well thought through, is it? Oh, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, over, the outside areas in Halo 2, I feel like the lighting's kind of off. And it kind mm. of, it sort of harnesses, it kind of holds back the textures. Uh, the textures are quite murky anyway, you know, it's quite hard to look back and remember how I felt about it back then, but I seem to remember the colour palette not being as vibrant as the first one. I remember there being like really bright purples and really bright, bright blues, but now it's kind of like, I, I feel, I feel like the textures are more realistic looking to, you know, Earth, I guess, because you are on Earth, but sometimes like, it just feels like the lighting around it doesn't really hold the textures together and bring them to life. I think in general, a lot of the outside areas are a, a little bit underwhelming, but this is what's going to happen when you're following up to the game that had uh, maps like the Silent Cartographer and mm. great levels like Truth and Reconciliation, etc. It was always going to be a victim of its own success. And Halo 2 probably does a better job of interiors than exteriors as a whole. Yeah, probably as you, if you're a game developer, but you know, from a technical point of view, they probably achieve more. But as a, a game player, I feel like there was, you know, I was less engaged with what they achieved. So it's it's a hard one. It's a weird pill to swallow. Yeah, I certainly uh, share that feeling that I was never, I was never as completely won over by the environments. Obviously, Halo Combat Evolved, as I already mentioned, had some well documented. Um, you know, queries over over certain elements of its level design. But actually, for me, 
as we probably talked about in that podcast that I haven't heard for years, uh, those sections where you kept entering what was fundamentally the same room, mm. I, it never bothered me because the 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 way enemies were positioned was always different. Yeah, but- uh, they were they were shuffled, and so. The fact that, you know, on, on paper, you'd think, well, Halo 2 is superior because it has far less of that going on, far far fewer repeated sections. But actually, that that was not, not an issue that I had with Combat Evolved. And so I just found some of the areas in Halo 2 quite just quite uninspiring for whatever reason and more linear as well. I think one of the most surprising elements of Halo 2, of course, is that any time you're outside, you're never overly aware that you're on a Halo. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in the first, that was always... Something you saw every time you looked there into the sky. There are some pretty bits, but, but you, you know you you could be anywhere. You could be on any planet, not necessarily yeah, a halo sure. ring in the sequel. Whereas in the first, it was mm. front and center. It never has that silenced cartographer moment, does it? It never has no. that point where you go, "Oh my god!" It it mm. it never achieves that. And also, Halo, I think, is a better paced game because you, know, you, you say the side cards of eleven. You're you're land there and you're on your warthog. You're moving around, and you know from there you go. You know, into you know, what would be the continuation of the story into a building, and then from there you'd get on, you know, um, you'd move up and on a pelican, etc., which would take you to one of the Covenant ships, and all that stuff makes sense. Actually, Halo Two does this a lot, where and they even they even joke about it in in this um, you know commentary where they say, well, if you can't work out how to get somewhere, just walk into just walk into a warp door, and then you don't have to explain it. And Halo Two is full of that. It's and now he's been warped somewhere because mm. that's what you know, the Covenant have. And it's it's everywhere. It, there's the, the pacing of that game is all over the place. None of it, you know, geometrically wise, it never really makes sense how you're getting from A to B. Um, and, you know, Halo had that in abundance. So really, really odd. They took weird decisions. I think conceptually Halo 2 is a much grander uh, proposition. I think in reality... The scale of Halo One far outdoes what we see in Halo Two. Yeah, As you said, you don't have those moments, you know, where you can get in a banshee and you can fly around anywhere you want. You've got these vehicles where you get in three men, and of course they're in Halo Two, but we'd seen that in Halo One, and it, it's a hard comparison because Halo One does many things that games even now don't do in terms of scale. You know, we've got Destiny, which is the new game from Bungie Studios, where you can't fly a vehicle there are no team up vehicles and stuff and it feels even though there's planets and you're going around the galaxy and it's well over a decade later that the actual scale of the environments and what you can do in them is much smaller um that was the number one missed opportunity in halo 2 was to really grow on that it just felt much the same you know they added a couple of new vehicles uh was it the revenant and and, and whatnot in areas but you know, the Warthog was super cool and the Banshee was super cool. With this, it was a bit more of the same. That never felt special. You always wanted to move out with those vehicles and into the Scorpion tank or into the Banshee uh, rather than use the new things that had been given to you in Halo 2. And it was the same with the dual wielding. You know, you could have the dual wielding, but then I wouldn't have the precision. And I think I've already said that I didn't feel like the game had enough precision until maybe Halo 3. And especially, that's probably the scary thing when you go back to the first and the second Halo games is you realise that outside of the pistol uh, and, and, and the uh, carbine, that, that there are very few precision weapons. And obviously both sniper rifles. Whereas you're much more controlled in the later Halo games. These ones are more I, I spamming the needles, missed, spamming the... I missed in Halo 2 not having the assault rifle. I, yeah. I know, I know that's not your your st- your type of um, gameplay. You know, the the battle rifle is the king of all, and it, it seems to be that is the thing that everyone goes to. But I still love my 
you know, um, combat evolve running with the assault yeah. rifle full in full mm. blazing whilst throwing a plasma grenade <laughs> and letting things blow. Yeah, I I love I do love the battle rifle now, and actually playing any of the games on on the higher difficulty, that thing is a godsend, or any precision weapon is a godsend. But yes. yeah, I I missed that they took out the pistol and the and the assault rifle from yeah, the sequel. The, the magnum that replaces the pistol in the first... I mean, the pit, you know, a lot of people felt that the pistol in the first game is kind of overpowered for a pistol, but actually it was, you know, it was such a, it was such a fun thing to use um, that the, the magnum that replaces it just... Yeah, it's a, I, I really only use it as, a, as an offhand weapon if I'm dual wielding. Um, but yeah, the battle rifle becomes ubiquitous. Mm. But also, you know, the, other, the, the, like the shotgun is barely changed. I would, I would suggest from the first game to, to my inexpert's, uh, user's eyes anyway. Um, but I still, again, I feel like I'm, I'm slightly against the, the consensus in that I actually really enjoy flood sections in Halo games and hmm. I have a real, I have a lot of fun playing with the shotgun, um, in, in the flood sections. I love how inexorable and undefeatable they feel and they keep coming and yeah. they keep coming and they keep coming and they tend to be accompanied by some, uh, some genuinely unsettling noises. And, um, and, and, uh, that, those are the bits, you know, the, the first game obviously lent a lot on, on the aliens experience, um, even though you know it had its own color palette and comedy elements and stuff like that, and actually it's the bits with the the, the long, lengthy sections where the flood keep coming out of different places that make me feel most like I'm in a in a in an aliens game, um, and uh, and I yeah I enjoy blasting them to bits with the shotgun. And then this game also introduced it. I suddenly remembered, um, or was suddenly reminded by one. Um, there's a there's an enemy in Destiny, uh, a big. Uh, boss robot with a shield that is pretty much an exact copy of a thing that's in halo 2 that that made its debut in this game with uh you know front front shielding and, and you have to nip around the back or, or pick off its extremities and stuff like that and um you know that mixes things up a bit but again um it's it's difficult isn't it because with it's now uh 13 years at the time of recording since i first played halo combat evolved or any of us did really and you know that was a that was kind of an epochal moment, a game changer, um, and so Halo Two was never going to be that. So it's hard it's hard to now separate my feelings of slight sort of underwhelmedness of Halo Two with the fact that it was just you know it was just a sequel to this game that had blown me away, and it and it you know it mixed things up a little bit and added a few things, but it didn't feel like it moved things on a great deal. Mm. I, I I never really used the um, the dual wielding enough, and I, I don't know if that's because I I love having that hand for grenades instead of having two guns, but I was never really a fan of the SMG. Uh, I, you know, I I always thought it was a weaker yeah. assault rifle, and I'm not really a fan of the assault rifle either. It sounds good, and it, it is Halo. When you picture it in your mind, you see that number on the back of the assault rifle gun. But having the um, even even the pistol felt weaker in in my mind uh, compared to the Magnum in the first one. I think it's called the Magnum in the mm-hmm. second one. But oh, the pistol in the first it one is, is, is yeah, yeah, it's ridiculously yeah. powerful. And I I don't know the the, the the change of weaponry wasn't really favourable for me. Um, the battle rifle was good. I, I, I you know I enjoy that. But um, yeah, I, I think like the new mechanics for for dual wielding and 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 the, the vehicles as well. I never really I don't know. I never really found it that impressive compared to how people were whooping and hollering at an E3 conference when, you know, Peter Moore revealed his tattoo for the, um, the, the date <laughs> and all that. Like it never really lived up for that for me. And, and I, 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 even now in late, later Halo games, I can't do the dual wielder mechanic because I just like the grenades too much. 
There is that. There is that. There are some set pieces that stick in the mind. I was I was uh, having a lot of fun, uh, and I think it's probably the bit that's um, that's always stuck in my head for Halo Two is the 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 tank over the bridge, mm-hmm. and um, it's an un- it's a very unusual game, and, and regular listeners will know that normally I and and sometimes the rest of the panel are. When it comes to vehicle sections in shooting games, normally they're a, a kind of turn off rather mm. than a than a turn on. And I understand why developers include them and whatever. But in Halo, it's kind of a fundamental, seamless yeah. part of the experience. And you climb into that tank, and it gives you a whole set. And you don't have to; you can just do it yeah. on foot if you want. There's no, there's, it's not mandatory. But getting in that tank, and you've got the uh, the sort of arcing um, balls of plasma coming at you, mm. you know, with that famous whooshing sound effect and you've got all these ghosts trundling over over the bridge towards you and the feeling of taking them out you've got you've got a, a really powerful high caliber gun but you've also got these fairly fairly uh, rapid shot sort of cannon blasts um it's such a lot of fun just blasting things off the side of that bridge yeah. um and yeah it's it's really you know i've done it several times over the years and similar things in other halo games but it's that that core experience of just really kicking ass wow. is still fun to this day. Straight flat out say that there's very little as satisfying as shooting a banshee out the air with a scorpion oh, tank. I was just going to say Whether that. it's in single player <laughs> yeah. or multiplayer, every single time you see it Beautiful. explode and then you see the the, the elite fall, <laughs> fall out from the sky and whatnot. It. But it's you bring up a good point there, Leon. You, know, you, you mentioned the vehicles being a, a chart and then Darren mentioned that he hit the dual wielding and it's it's you know completely countered to say Wolfenstein the New Order, which has one vehicle moment, which is my least favourite in the game, but I adore the dual wielding. Yeah. Um, so, you know, mm. it is possible to do them for me. But, but Halo is so fundamental with its, with its grenade treasure. Well, that's it. The grenades are so key to lose them dual yeah. wielding. I just, mm. I'd rather take the grenade. Yeah, uh, I, I think, um, I mean, you know, this comes back to the, the, the many, many discussions there have been uh, in, in, in print and on internet and on other podcasts over the years about the moment-to-moment Halo experience, the five, 30 seconds of fun or whatever yeah, it is over and over, and over again. again yeah. <laughs> and the thing, I think one of the key things about that is that it isn't the same 30 seconds over and over again. And, and this is it, because every time you're put in a in a different situation and, and we know that the game kind of mix things up it, it, if if you do the same checkpoint over and over again enemies will be differently dispersed and all this sort of yeah, stuff come different doors um, yeah sometimes you you come into a level and it's slightly different to how you remember because the enemies have, have um either just you know be, with their probably quite rudimental uh rudimentary uh, ai made slightly different decisions mm. in how they've decided to attack you because you moved in a slightly different direction but when it comes down to it, if you're in one of those rooms where there are two or three or four diff- different enemy types, you can approach those in so many different ways. And yeah. a lot of times in this game, there will be the choice of six or seven different weapons lying around. You could even go back a few few screens or few you know a few cor- round a few corners and pick up something that you'd almost forgotten about. And it's I th- yeah, I think I guess people who who have never enjoyed Halo. My my hunch is that yeah, again, I'm flirting with you're playing it wrong. But <laughs> my hunch is that they've never got into that whole picking up. You know, you you can only ever have two weapons in your hand, mm. and actually the juggling, almost literal juggling of the two weapons that yeah. you have at any one time, and remembering the strategy required for each mm-hmm. enemy type. You know, whether it's um, 
you know, picking out the hole in, in a jackal's shield or, or, or meleeing a grunt from behind or, or whatever, all that stuff plays against all the other stuff in the game, all the little, all the it, features, all the knickknacks, all the toys, and it becomes a pure, a pure play experience. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, this will happen with all the Halos that we'll talk about on, on Kane and Rinse over the coming months. Um, I think it will be very hard to criticise the actual moment-to-moment gameplay. I think most of the, the discussion will be on, you know, how the story fits in and, and what they achieved or what they set out to achieve and whether they, they achieved it or not. And so, well, maybe Halo 4 might have a, a very long discussion about the gameplay. <laughs> but I, I generally, you know, I've, I've, I've gone back and played the anniversary um, Combat of Old and I still think that is a masterpiece of game design. Um, was I've gone back to Halo 2 really thinking that you know that was the one where they kind of got a lot of this stuff wrong. Like for me, like, just drop the jewel ward in it, it. It you know you I don't mind just saying that you get two uh, needlers and that is a beast of a, a weapon or two. Mm. The, the brute guns uh, once again beast of a weapon. But um, the moment to moment stuff and that the, you start out on a, a level um, called Cairo Station and you're fighting your way off the of the uh, of the ship and that that. And here, well, I shall talk about playing on Legendary, and it, this isn't for everyone. It's the same way as you know people playing Call of Duty on Veteran, etc. But I actually think this is different. Call of Duty on Veteran, you just die a lot, and you just have to work out the routes that you need to get. Halo's moment-to-moment gameplay on the higher difficulty levels, certainly in Legendary, and certainly playing it with a, a friend, um, and having those moments where one person is using a plasma pistol to take down an elite shield, mm. one other person is using the weapon to snipe that elite from distance. And if you don't do that, then that elite doesn't die. It's as simple as that. You could empty, um, you know, a, a battle rifle into an elite, and you could lose almost a full clip of ammo before mm-hmm. that thing goes down. Yeah. Or you can just do plasma pistol, take down a shield, a burst shot to the head, and Go the on. elite is down. And the moment of actually pulling that off and then pulling that off over and over and over again. And having to deal with the situations with the game throws at you, where you know things are coming from, you know, above, around the corner, they're um, yeah, diving out the way. You're throwing your grenades down, and you know they're getting out the way of the grenades before they go off. But his shield's gone down. <laughs> but can you get his? You know, can you get a shot off and actually take him down before he gets around cover? You don't. And you see a shield re-engage, and all these things are going through your your head while playing that game. And all the issues that I have with Halo Two, and there are plenty suddenly just seem to just disappear into the background. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you go, my God, this is great. This is, yeah. you know, the fundamentals of Halo are still fantastic. And the fundamentals of Halo 2 are still fantastic. The Brutes add a little bit more, um, I'd say, bullet sponge um, mm. S-ness to it, which I can't say I particularly liked, but, you know. Yeah, they refined the Brutes quite a lot for Halo 3, which obviously we'll talk about in a in a month. But, you know, even and, and anybody that plays on the higher difficulty levels, if I say the Jackal Sniper, it should send a shiver down your spine because yeah. oh. they are one shot kill. Now, there's a Death Alley uh, sequence yeah, is, quite yeah. early on in this oh. game, which 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 I did not appreciate because, uh, again, it took away from what I wanted from Halo because all the things you just said are true, Tony. And, yeah, the balance is, is just sublime. And even though maybe playing the same that same 30 seconds for not that it is always the same but that that moment to moment gameplay for 13 years maybe has it it has ever so slightly eroded the novelty of it for me but the fact that i'm still happy to bundle through the master chief collection after all this time when it is basically the same game (laughs) 
is testament to that. But yeah, that that jackal sniper section felt like a bit that was from a, a, a an inferior studio rather than Bungie. Oh, completely. But even, but even in those sections where you get shot by a jackal, quite often you'll see the tracer of of their weapon of where it came from, and you'll you'll pinpoint them. Okay, and nine times out of ten, they'll shoot you again. And on the third time, you'll get him, and then you'll get shot again from some other direction. <laughs> but p- piecing together those levels where that's happening, and certainly if you're playing co-op, the other person is you know talking to you and saying yes, that's what y- you can't push forward. You can't just run it. The, you need to to work out how this is happening. I mean, it's all the stuff which we've I think games have have learned quite a bit over the years how to integrate this this into you know their gameplay. But Halo was doing it. You know, back then, and it's it was doing it fantastically well. There, there are sections in this game. There's bosses which were a new thing um, for the Halo series, which I mm. really could have um, done without. And some of those are highly frustrating. Like like this evening, you know, we're still well, it's paused, but we're still playing through Great Grave Mind four, four hours later. Yeah, um, <sighs> and that's not because you know that level is four hours long. No, you play that on on whatever you know easy medium. That level's you know twenty minutes long. It's because we've just been bashing our head up against the walls. You know, huge amounts of enemies having to deal with you know jackals, brutes, um, what hunters. You know, it's throwing everything out you. You know, um, plasma cannons, a whole lot. And if you die, and in Halo Two, you reset the checkpoint, and some of those checkpoints can be, you know, five minutes back down the line. Mm-hmm. Like, I should be utterly frustrated about that, and I should be playing all these other brand new titles. But I'm absolutely perfectly comfortable sitting there for the last, you know, ten days, just absolutely soaking up Halo Two combat. And as I said, things with Halo Two, there is many issues with that game. But actually, the moment-to-moment gameplay is is super strong, um, and continues to be so. And I think a lot a lot of that boils down to something that that, that we said three years ago on the Halo podcast. And Halo Two is not perfect. It has those unfair sniper alley moments, which uh, you, you can't really forgive that because having one hit kill no. and all that is is really bad. But the AI still holds up. You know, it's, I went through mm-hmm. Halo uh, Combat Evolved again. When, as soon as this game came out, and you know that was twelve years after after the original release, and it still felt great in Halo mm. Two. It still feels great in that combat. You know the ducking and rolling, and uh, you, you can see where improvements could be made sometimes. But there are games getting out now that, quite frankly, don't have the AI mm. that, that Halo Two puts together. So it it, it, it always yeah. keeps you immersed in that moment of combat. The Halo combat makes me laugh it, uh, in for all the games. If it's not the grunts, you know, squealing in their funny voice at you, or the elite taunting you as yeah. war, war, war. Mm-hmm. It's in Halo Two um, and onwards. It's the vehicles that have the second explosion. You you, you destroy a <laughs> yeah. ghost, and you're like, I hear a noise, <laughs> and then I uh, see my brother split screen, like exploding in the corner of a room. And the physics, the the, the kind of the random uh, way the, the combat flows uh, when you die and start again, it's just you, hilarious as well as it, as well as frustrating. Yeah, it's that moment where you think you've done something brilliantly and then yeah. there's this ridiculous chain reaction which results in you getting a massive box straight to the face. Or a stick yeah. yeah. grenade on the foot that you're not aware of. You're like, oh no, and you just hear it fizzling away and then you explode. And it, the Halo combat is so satisfying and hilarious as well as frustrating, which kind of I, makes I, it deep. a complete package. I also think that um, Bungie, certainly at this time, really understood their, their player base. Um, you know, story aside, they're so willing for you to 
break their engine or yeah. just do stuff with their engine. Yeah. I felt certainly with more with one, I think they just, they blundered ac- across it because, you know, they made a game that was so big, they couldn't test everything and people just worked out they could get in the back of those levels and mess around and blow warthogs up into, you know, you know, 15 meters into the sky up onto cliffs that they shouldn't be at. But instead of Bungie, and I feel like this is game developers now getting so protective with you know their their back how games are made, you can't see around the back doors. Bungie seem to embrace it, and and two mm. is all over there. You you have the skulls which you know they've been continuing doing, yeah. But they want you to find these things. They want you to break the levels. They want you to go up onto you know cliffs which make absolutely no sense that you shouldn't even be up there. But they're encouraging you to do so, and you know that actually bleeds into the game. And I've had you know, many hours of, of fun getting to places where you know I know there's a skull, and thinking, well, how do you get up there? And watching guides and jumping, you know, certainly in, in co-op, jumping on you know John's head to get up to a higher ledge, and then doing a grenade jump to get up to a higher ledge. But it's not like they're going, oh, that's terrible, you're breaking my game. They're actually saying, this is really fun. Just just mess around, see see the back room, see you know all this stuff is really interesting. And the skulls are uh, hugely well hidden, aren't they, they in, are. in Halo 2? And, um, I mean, obviously there are guides, you you can find yeah. them. But, again, this is, uh, even though you have to uh, go through the, the process of finding them, this is this is this game's way of letting you into the equivalent of the PC game's console, isn't it? It's um, it, it lets you, you know, muck around with the, with the default settings. Yeah. And, well, I, I spent yeah. 25 minutes getting a tank for a doorway the other day. Um, like clearly I shouldn't be able to get through the doorway, but it was, and then I broke the, the level beyond that because I took a tank through there, but, <laughs> but fantastic, right? That was, Brilliant. that was really you know, like, yeah. it made me laugh. Um, it, there was no reason to do it. It was just kind of funny, but that's, that's Halo through and through. Yeah. Yeah. I do think the first one it's, it was better. I think yeah, they just happened across it and it was probably just weirdly better. And the second one, there's less opportunities because I think the levels are actually smaller. The mm-hmm. playground's mm. less interesting to do. But, you know, there's the that moment where you know, I, well, I, was, I was next to um, John in a scorpion and one of the, the plasma shields, you know, re-engaged in the ground. But because it was underneath the scorpion, it sent the scorpion so high <coughs> up in the air, spinning at so fast a revolution that it threw him out and he was spinning so fast. And it's great now because you go, Xbox record that. And we've got this brilliant clip of just this tank. I was watching some of your clips. <laughs> just doing ridiculous stuff. And, but that's Halo for me. And yeah. that, this game has it strong. I, I know I'm like, yeah, but it's for all that it's issue, this game actually manages to, to keep the charm mm. of, of that original in it. Yeah, that goes back to what I said about the cloak mechanic allowing you for experimentation with the combat. Like that goes for all the all the vehicles and their tweaks. Like the, the boost allows you to sort of maybe skip a section that you're struggling with on legendary. You can sort of just boost mm. past a wraith and hopefully you get a checkpoint on the other side. Uh yeah, the the new mechanics in this game definitely allow for experimentation to to the point where it feels like a playground, like a toy box. And we mentioned briefly the bosses, uh, such as they are. Um mm. I must admit off the top of my head I can't remember how many encounters uh, of a sort of unique nature there are. Um, the one that stuck in my mind and is the one that I've played again recently is, is the, uh, the prophet that you fight, um, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, not in terms of difficulty, <laughs> well. in terms of how it plays out. Uh, it may be, it may be incredibly hard on the higher settings. I don't know. Is that where you punch him? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's so, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, 
so this game it introduces a new mechanic, which is a sort of um, well, well, it's sort of hijacking, hijacking yeah. mechanic, basically. Yeah. yeah. So you you can grab onto a uh, it's a it's a fun it's a fun concept grabbing onto an enemy ghost and punching right. him out, and then just taking over the ride. Uh, but it's used here in in a boss fight against this you know this old sort of space uh higher um, yeah like a religious leader. Chair. yeah yeah he looks he reminds me of the imperious uh leader from the original battlestar galactica mm. but um yeah more mobile um and yeah so once you you get to him he, he kind of floats around the stage uh chucking fireballs at you and whatever and and various guards come out at you probably i think they might might be one of the few sp- uh, places in the game where you get inf- infinite respawns of enemies. I'm not sure, sure but it certainly, yeah. Um, but ultimately, you just jump from you know somewhere up high and and uh, hit the correct button, a, a shoulder button, uh, to grab on, and then you punch him twice, and he just sort of goes, uh, rolls over in his chair. <laughs> I think it's it. seven times on legendary. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's the yeah. that's the level where we had the crash afterwards, and it took us four hours to complete the whole level. Two hours oh, specifically wow, okay. on him. It's, yeah, it's your, terrible. Your experience may vary. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's because you, you jump off him and then you land back on the ground and there's a whole load of people trying to kill you all at yeah, once. It's, so it's not nice. You have to get yeah, lucky. Yeah. I mean, I seem to remember three, off the top of my head, three boss fights. You know, the, mm. There's one where you, you're just in a room and you take him out like a standard enemy. Then there's the one you're on about where you jump in and there's the one with the three platforms whilst Johnson's takes his shield down with three sniper shots oh, and, yeah. and you hit him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the la- the latter's the most successful of them all, but I think the reason the boss fights stand out so much for me um, in, a, in a negative way is that, you know, as I've mentioned again and again, the, co- the combat in this game is so good. There are, there are fights that you can just happen across in, in Halo that would feel like a boss fight anywhere. Absolutely, you know, so. yeah. A, a, a top tier elite or, or, or yeah. you know with some honor guards or whatever you know yeah. whatever, whatever combination um those again almost i mean obviously then they're, they're not scripted but they are pre pre-ordained but yeah to to introduce the you know the kind of bosses that every other game has just so unnecessary in a halo game um just give me more elites to fight or or whatever uh or different combinations of enemies yeah, may, you know, maybe add a, some sort of static target that you need to hit that's hard to get to or something like that. But yeah, things like yeah, old old geezers in a wheelchair. No yeah, things. and I think it it's it showcases Bungie's at certainly at the time Bungie's willingness to listen to its community and the people that played it, which is something that that we will certainly talk about going into Halo Three from these elements specifically from Halo Two. Um, mm. you, you sort of see how how far. From Halo Two onwards, they they went with the community and the, and the features and how you know they were happy enough to drop stuff that they'd put time into like like boss fights. Yeah. You know, people complained, so they went and that that's something that I can look back on now with a smile. At the time, it's a little bit frustrating because who wants a boss fight in Halo? It doesn't feel right. It was shoehorned in, akin to Deus Ex Human Revolution, where the boss fights were just so out of place. Mm. Maybe they're not quite that. No, but, uh, <laughs> little is. But uh, yeah, they redid those. So um, yeah, uh, and I think that's yeah, that's sort of that was uh, certainly echoes my experience. And um, yeah, I I just yeah, I don't I'm know. Just not a fan of boss fights in general, unless they're specifically de- you know designed to be fought against. Like Dark Souls is a great game yeah. for boss fights because that's what that game is. 
But when a game just sort of shoehorns them in, I'm, I'm, I just don't like boss fights. Like I say, but in it's, general, it's you know, if if I think of another boss fight, so you got the scorpion that's going through, you know, through Earth. You know, that's to me like that was a boss fight. You, you're trying to date, take down this big moving object. That that was really fun. But give me an old guy in a uh, floating wheelchair and make the odds unfairly stacked in his favour. Not fun. It's, uh, well, it's, there's better yeah, ways. Yeah. Of... Sh- there's so many showcase set piece moments. I mean, talk jump, jumping on board a scarab. Yeah, I was that's just a, going to say that, Leon. I was going to say something that you see in Halo Three: the removal yeah, boss fight. <laughs> you jump on a scarab. That's a boss fight, and it's brilliant. Yeah. It doesn't feel like one, though, does it? It feels like a, an event because it was immersive into the experience. Mm. One thing I did want to say about playing these games again on the Master Chief Collection. This may come up again in in other podcasts, but it doesn't hurt at all. Uh, not everyone will care about this, but it doesn't hurt at all that the game is basically throwing achievements at you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah. it's, uh, I do like going back to older games that I've played before, but having just that little bit of extra incentive and, you know, a game of score, neither here nor there to me. I, I don't really care what the overall mm. number is, but I do enjoy the, the unwrapping of the digital, uh, good goodness. That is an achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, some are, some are obviously some are much harder earned than others, and, and we're not going to have a full-on discussion about that. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of people here who have spent a lot of time getting achievements. We've got, we got me who will get them if they're there and, and have fun with them. Darren, I'm not really sure where, where you are with that whole I'd, thing. I had a brief stint uh, of addiction, and, but it kind of depends on the game yeah. now. Like, if I love yeah, the game, yeah. then I'll, I'll persist. I had a less brief stint of addiction. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but um, even now, uh, playing the, through the Master Chief Collection, it does add a little extra something. Yeah, the fact absolutely. that you are getting these new trinkets for doing the stuff that you've done yeah. before. It's certainly, I find it a motivation. Especially factor, the fact which... that they're so varied. You know, you've got, you yeah, got some for certain kills, so and then you've got some for doing like something daft in a level. And, yeah, and of course, skulls. one thing that Halo has really always done. Uh, is the sneak little Easter eggs in, of course. Halo 2 was the first one to include hidden skulls in the levels, uh, which is something that they went back and did in Halo 1 Anniversary but weren't there originally, and then you find in those things, and some of those are incredibly hard to find. But if you look at these achievements and you see them, you might target them and you see that little bit extra that that Halo's got in there. And Bungie have always put you know little extras here and there, Mm. little nods and little lines of text that you might not hear... Endings or things Freakish that get said on different difficulties. Yeah, yeah, different difficulties is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, different difficulties, yeah. different lines. You know, and it, it's yeah. great that the, the they've taken the time to gear a lot of the achievements towards seeing these things. Um, yeah. That that for me is where I would say the achievements and trophies and whatnot yeah, are a real positive to games. Um, there's six hundred uh, of them then on the game. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. but it's it's, it's stuff. Yes, yeah, a lot of it's like find the skulls or find the toys in in the game, which are always interesting. And then you've got you know the all the terminals, which uh, well, another the way terminals of, in themselves are now something because like I was never interested in that because it was pure law stuff. Mm-hmm. But now you get you get taken out to the Halo channel mm-hmm. when you find a terminal, yeah, and yeah, often you get shown terminals entire, were added as well to Halo Two because they first came in on Halo yeah, Three. three. Yeah. Yeah. CGI cutscenes now and and various things, and even though a lot of it's kind of it is still law based um, for those for those people who are interested in that side of things, it must be manna from heaven. Um, for me, it's just a you know I get an achievement and I. Get and some something to look at for three minutes and a little break. So, well, I mean, Halo Channel <laughs> everyone, everyone in its own right is a really great addition, which came with the Master Chief Collection, which was obviously geared towards Halo Two. So, I don't doubt we'll ever mention it on any of the other podcasts. So, I just, you know, I'll mention it now: is that 
if you really want to get into the law, that's something that certainly helps towards Halo 2. It's got the mm-hmm. making of in there. It was a really good side product. I wish, I wish the terminals weren't in it because there were some issues, especially at launch. But yeah, that's a right. nice addition to Halo 2 as well. Mm. Uh, one element that uh, we must speak about is, of course, the audio. We haven't talked much about the sound effects, uh, you know, the soundscapes. Uh, um, they are similar to the first game, right. I would say, most mostly the sound effects. There's a few additions. Um, a lot of those, you know, the, the weapon set, obviously there are some new weapon sounds for new weapons, but a lot of the, the kind of um, ambient noises are, are fairly iconic. Tweaked, if, if, if anything, Halo. not changed. Hmm. Yeah, tweaked and not changed. But um, but there is a, a score, which obviously um, composed by Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore, um, relates, refers back a lot to the original Combat Evolved score, but also adds some new themes, hmm. goes off in new directions, um, adds uh, rather too much Steve Vai for my liking. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the you know that's going to be some something that some people really enjoy I, ever since because he even turns up on the the original bungee sting when you loaded the game on on the uh on the original xbox yeah. and i was like oh, i'm not sure i like mm. this uh but um but again as, as you'd expect from this series i think i i think even people who hate halo must have a grudging kind <laughs> of respect for the yeah. soundtracks I don't, I don't, i've never heard anyone say god i hate the halo soundtrack oh, um it's it's pretty impressive stuff and i really particularly just wanted to say some of the creepy stuff for the flood levels is uh, spine tingling. I love the theme tunes for each Halo game. And if you if you got the Master Chief Collection, I just love just flicking through the main menu yeah. and the way it sort it's of it's, so it, they cut in. You know, you, so you, sort of segues, yeah, segues between mm-hmm. all four of them and, or five of them now with ADST, and every single one just sends that little tingle down the back of my neck. I, I love, I love it, and the, the sound effects from the guns to the guys whooping and hollering on your Scorpion tank, it all just kind of brings it all together and it makes it feel like a real world. They've certainly beefed up the sound effects, stuff like the you know being on the back of the warthog with the chain gun. If you actually go back into the the old mode, yeah, it's it sounds like a ting ting ting. Yeah. Sound, it's now it's like a proper <laughs> chain gun sound. You like? I think there's there's all always a place in my heart for those old sound effects though you know yeah. some of them no, i do is, like but... the new sniper rifle and whatnot but i do miss some but of course anyone that's listened to sort of our sister podcast sound of play and have heard the episodes that i'm on they might know that i'm a little bit of a matty o'donnell fan so mm. yeah the halo 2 soundtrack fantastic um and when we mention it in the other ones also fantastic so yeah halo 2 i do like I, i'm not massively against the steve vice stuff i actually quite like it every now and again as sort of like over the credits, maybe would 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 have been a be- a better thing. And mm. he's so talented as a guitarist. Oh, and I, yeah, it, it's no crazy doubt. because um, only I didn't know much of Steve Vai until maybe eighteen months before I played this game for the first time. I went to college with a lad who was massively into guitar, and he'd just go on about Steve Vai's technique and this yeah. and that. And he'd always show videos, and all of a sudden he's in Halo too. So yeah, <laughs> that always. Made I think me his smart. son made him do it, didn't he? His son said that you should do it, and he yeah. Went, okay. <laughs> Uh, rings about yeah no absolutely that 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 sort of uh noodly guitar rock uh for a lot of people it will suit the master chiefs um you know uh sort of ethos and and an aesthetic and whatever but uh yeah for me it's more about the again the orchestral stuff the choral stuff the synthesizers um and and for me it really elevates the game even like even when i'm actually consciously thinking this story is is 
is poo. I'm not enjoying the story. It only takes a, a you know a big swelling of yeah. of, uh, of choirs, and you're thinking, oh god, actually this <laughs> is back epic. In. You know? yeah. <laughs> right back in there. You've got me again. It's exactly again to use the the Star Wars prequels thing, Duel of the Fates. Yeah, from, from the Phantom Menace. It's like yeah, that film. You know, by all accounts, is pretty much uh, a bit lame. Yeah. But Duel of the Fates comes on, you're like, okay, it wasn't uh, that yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all just again. So. Returning to uh, the ending or the lack thereof, obviously we, we've talked about how we feel about the overall story. Um, do you remember, I, I think it's just worth saying, because I think a lot of people felt actively gypped at the time. Now, <laughs> you know, the game cost thirty nine ninety nine or forty four ninety nine or whatever. It cost $60, whatever. Our various listeners paid for it if you bought it when it was new. Now, if you played the multiplayer, which we will come on to, um, you will have almost certainly got decent value for money for <laughs> your for your outlay however if you're the sort of person who uh, was buying it for the single player experience solely and was only willing you know only willing or 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 keen to play it through once or maybe twice once on normal or once on heroic and once on legendary um to have that suddenly just end because levels were cut story was cut um I I remember there being, you know, this is pre-Twitter, obviously, but I remember there being something of an outcry on forums um, that they felt gypped that they be they weren't sold a complete game. Yeah. Now, I've, I've seen other people, and I think one of our correspondents mentions this. You know, to some people, it felt more like the middle part of a saga, like again to use a Star Wars thing, The Empire Strikes Back. That doesn't have a proper ending in the sense it's you know it go ends on a downer, it ends on a cliffhanger, and I and I think that's one justification. Um, personally, because I didn't really care about the story, I didn't really care. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, we'll see what happens next time. Um, I've got, I felt like, well, I've got how many hours out of the single player and I've got the multiplayer to play. So that's fine. But how did you each feel about the non-ending? I'm the same as you, Leon. The story was a a bit of a confused mess for me. So the ending was just like, okay, that's the end. I'll I'll play it again. Sure. Wait until Halo Mm. 3, see what happens. Finish the fight. In a strange Mm. way, that is exactly where I settled with it. I finished it and I was was sort of, we knew we were encroaching towards the end of the Xbox. We knew the next console wasn't going to be too far away. Likely that Halo 3 was going to be on it. And then, of course, you get, we've had all the taglines, finish the fights that get advertised around. And And then it all makes more sense. You know, we, we as a whole do like finished products. You know, we like the, the, standard beginning middle and an end and maybe a twist here and there and whatnot and halo 2 didn't have it but halo 2 is the one that meant the least to me so i wasn't overly offended mm. in a straight in a strange way because i'd almost lost my uh interest in in that thread before the end so when i finished it i was like well that was abrupt but i did enjoy certain moments throughout that game and and you know, that's that's what in three years. Yeah, this, well, I mean, this, yeah. this is the thing. So, so the game has an end anyway. I mean, you kill Tartarus, and ultimately, that you know, the progression of the story has come to the end. Where they where they kill themselves is they put Master Chief and they jump him out of a out of the uh, the pedic- out of the um, they they leave it that he's going to probably land on Earth, which he does. That he does on Halo. Uh, what from what I can work out, the start of Halo Three was the ending um for Halo 2 but it got cut because you know once again that's that's development cycle right so that's how they ended it um he never got mm-hmm. to land on earth and they then took that and they they turned it as the beginning of Halo 3 
the the problem we of course we have is that you know, it, TV series do this all the time. They leave us on cliffhangers, but absolutely the back of your head, you're like, well, it's probably not even going to be a year. You know, I'm I'm annoyed <laughs> because I want to see how that continues. With game development, it's normally slightly longer. So you're thinking, well, this could be, you know, in the case of Half Life, this could be, you know, <laughs> you know ten years. Uh, who, who knows? Yeah. So I, I think it was always going to be of Halo. It was going to be sooner than that. But most of us didn't want to wait three years to see how that how the story concluded. And as the story itself was, you know, fairly underwhelming, it just seemed to be more of a, a kick in the teeth than a well, come back, you'll enjoy the next game. I just, I think, you know, they misjudged it. I think they admit that they misjudged it. And it's actually one of those things where you talk about it, they kind of joke with each other how how badly they misjudged it and the reaction that they got to it. And it, once again, a lesson learned in game development. Um, so much so that they just dropped all the stories from Destiny. And gamers <laughs> love a moan-up. Uh, there is that element. Um, but yes, no, it's it's worth remembering that we were literally 12 months away from the, the launch of uh, of the xbox 360 at this mm-hmm. point so um you know that was that i think that was a good distraction even that even if uh even if we did have to wait um an extra uh couple of years after that before the um before crackdown came out with the with the uh with the halo 3 beta in it but certainly uh certainly kept people busy i mean hey you had perfect dark zero to play in 12 months time so <laughs> Oof, anyway Anyway, um, so yes, we must talk briefly about the multiplayer, and it will have to be briefly, both for time and because uh, it seems like, uh, to our shame, none of us were really hugely invested in this. We'll talk a lot more about multiplayer in future uh, Halo podcasts, mm-hmm. um, because I know that yeah, between us we played a lot more of the others. But as I say, I did play uh, a, a fair few hours of this, uh, on and off. I had, I think I, at the time it was my first broadband internet connection, I got it you know, just so I could get Xbox Live pretty much. And I remember it was 256K. And I remember uh, sometimes that 256 meg, you know, it sounded fast to me because I'd been using a 33 or 56K modem up to this point. Um, but I remember having some uh, some people, some randoms enter my home and shout down their headsets at me that my connection was rubbish and things like this. But actually Halo 2 worked pretty well on a, on a poor connection. Um, hmm. as I recall, compared to certain other games uh, of the time. Um, I played a few few of the Xbox Live games at the time. And yeah, I had, I had some fun with this. Um, you know, it takes a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, the gameplay of the, the single player, but instead it's, uh, instead of enemy AI, it's other human beings. And there, there are certain things I, th- I think it does actually miss from the single player the sort of um the crowds of of alien nasties you don't get it in quite the same way but that's replaced by the you know the rocketing about on pads there's a lot there are huge influences of unreal and quake and things like that in this in this multiplayer um and obviously they learned a lot as well from the the uh, LAN multiplayer from Combat Evolved, which was played, you know, wide, widely by a lot of people, given the uh, the amount of um, work it was, to, you know, to actually physically get two of those original Xboxes in the same place together. Um, a lot of people played Combat Evolved, uh, you know, local uh, network, and Halo Two ran with it, and it and it was, you know, this game sold eight and a half million mm. copies or something like that, and. Um, I don't know how many people actually took it online. I guess it was probably a, a lower percentage than you might think back then because not even everyone had broadband at this point. Plenty <clears> of people didn't. Certainly plenty of people weren't paying thirty nine ninety nine a year subscription. But 
it was as as much as it could have been a phenomenal mm. so you were saying earlier each of you were saying that kind of other things got in the way there is um uh, Counter-Strike or, or Half-Life 2 or or whatever, but you must have a few memories of... Uh... Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, play, playing Blood Gulch, or I think they might have renamed it for 2, but playing that giant level in Big Team Battle was, it was, you know, it was a, a brilliant thing. And it, it's kind of my whole thing with multiplayer games in general is that I rarely stick with them because well, I think I'm... Either I'm not good enough or I, get, or I am good and therefore too competitive and either of those aren't good for my emotions <laughs> but I, I kind of have to step away from most multiplayer games because yeah my, my ego sort of, sort of either hurts me or what well, it hurts me in both ways I'm, like, I'm the best and then if I if I get a KD ratio that's negative I kind of get angry so I kind of steer away from stuff like that I thought you were without ego <laughs> but I, like, you were, it, uh, it's, it's weird but when it comes to gaming and especially for shooters I do get strangely competitive I know if film. I'm good it happened with Tribes Ascend it kind of happened with Goldeneye Perfect Dark as well like if I get good at a game and then I end up being rubbish. I, it, it's not good for me. It yeah, hurts, it does big time. It? Yeah, yeah. Which is why I, yeah. you know, I, I enjoyed Splatoon recently because like, I'm not really shooting people. I'm just sort of colouring in the world. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I played quite a bit of Halo 2 um, on the Master Chief Collection. Uh, or I say Halo 2, but you know, it's, it's a chance that you could play Halo 2, 3 or 4 or whatever in the multiplayer. And that's quite impressive that they right. managed to stitch all four together in in some random capacity. Eventually. Yeah, eventually, <laughs> yeah. A year after it came you out. Know, um, <laughs> but I, th- I think it's the... It's the it's the, the the drilling down the shield and then the melee or grenade um, scenario. Yeah. It doesn't really appeal to me anymore, and I feel like the Halo multiplayer combat kind of needs a bit of a refresh. Because I was playing it the other day, the Master Chief Collection online. I think it was um, Halo Three, and it's, it's got bubble shields and all those kind of tools that you can you can uh, mm. play around with. But it all it always comes down to me with running forward at someone with with a gun drilling down their shield and melee and whoever gets the melee first yeah. seems to like is, is it is it am i rubbish or is it the, the network connection there's too many variables for me to um to, to mm. think about to even get excited about it anymore which is a shame because there is a pattern isn't yeah it? uh is it busy hella busy yeah well it it seems to take a long time to get a game but not as well when it first came out, it just it bundled me. It, it bund- yeah, it bundled me in rooms that I wasn't even asking for. It was ridiculous. But now you can get into a game if you're plan- you know, if you're willing to make a cup of tea in between pressing the button and actually getting into a game. So, hmm. I literally haven't tried because I heard so many bad things about the Master Chief Collection online experience. Even though I know there have been fixes. Hmm. Uh, Tony, um, so you played this a little bit back in the day, and have you been online with the Master Chief Collection? A little bit. It's. It's weird because I played so much of Halo Three. Um, yeah, yeah. You you tend to have those. Well, I know this map, so these are my favourite. Um, Halo Two has some of those maps, and in in particular, they've done some really nice anniversary job on on the you know the favourites maps that people had from Two. Um, but I, it's more for me. It's certainly more anecdotally of knowing there is a lot of people with that was their first foray into online gaming. That was the thing that, you know, took them from never having to play an online game before purely because, you know, you know, they didn't have PCs or whatever to do so. And then spending hundreds of hours and it made the, uh, you know, the, you know, the platform of what, um, online gaming on consoles, it, it really did, you know, lay those foundations. And yeah, it's quite strange because I played loads of, of uh, Combat Evolved, I played loads of free, um, and then I kind of dwindled off um, of four, and I played some. Re- so it's I'm a bit all over the place, but unfortunately, just I think it was circumstance of stuff going on. I was like really into Rainbow Six um, on the original Xbox, yeah. um, that just yeah, it was one I 
I played the, the single player a lot. And it's funny, isn't it? There, there, there was there was there was a lot less competition for Halo 2's, uh, you know, attention back then. But there was enough for each of us to, you know, to stray. Um, even even in the the, the nascent days of, of uh, Xbox Live, you know, even if it, even if you were playing MotoGP or 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 what that funny game where you hit each other that I can't remember Whacked. the name of. That's it. Um, <laughs> uh, there was there were still things to take you away, whereas now there are just infinite distractions from from playing the Master Chief Collection online. I I, sort of, I think I said already that I, I played it in sort of fits and starts. Uh, yeah. My biggest memory of the original Halo Two in quite a sort of somber way was the last day that it was on Xbox Live. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. April fifteenth, two thousand and ten, and it was weird because it was packed. Like, all the servers were on and everyone was coming out for one last hurrah. And I believe I jumped in with uh, my friend Paul and we sort of ran around and there was no griefing and everyone was there to have a good time. And it was, but yet yeah, there seemed to be this atmosphere that everyone was aware that it was ending and people were just having one last, you know, going back over the memories and reliving it and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I've always sort of been kind of fond of that memory because it was it was quite important. Because although I wasn't massively into Halo Two, there's no doubt in that it revolutionised multiplayer gaming on home consoles. That that you know, it, like you said, it had happened before. I'd played Choo Choo Rocket and Quake Three on the Dreamcast and whatnot, <laughs> but it was Halo Two was the one that boomed it to just a whole other standard, and I was never a part of it. But to see people enjoying it on the last day was really, really nice. Um, and I've, I've played it a little bit in the anniversary um, version, but it doesn't have a personal meaning to me. Like, I played so much more of Halo 1 multiplayer and split screen with a friend where, you know, I spent a whole weekend playing and his girlfriend dragged him out the house and we ended up having to go to Middlesbrough. So me and him ran straight into HMV and started playing it again on one of the stand-up units or in Halo 3 where I got all my friends around we were all taking turns playing the multiplayer etc and I didn't have that with Halo 2 unfortunately so even now with the anniversary it's nice it's very solid and going through with Paul and and his uh, our friend Rahan and, and whatnot and playing it again was was great because I was listening to how they enjoyed it so it's serviceable and the fact that it's technically back is, is obviously great for people who wanted those memories but Halo 2 has so little impact on me personally um, that, that my biggest memory was the day it all ended in a really strange way. Well, we acknowledge its significance, uh, oh, even if none of us oh, are yeah. uh, uh, wholly um, an expert on, on the matter. Uh, but luckily, we can hear from our uh, wonderful community, as always. Um, this is mostly about the single-player stuff, actually, but still fascinating to hear all these different opinions. As ever, uh, keep uh, an eye out for the, the upcoming uh, podcasts. I always mention mention them at the top of the show. You can uh, either post on our forum at canarince.com slash forum, or you can email us to podcast at canarince.com. Uh, starting with Kiss Mammal, who says, uh, just like us, he says, I can't speak for the groundbreaking multiplayer aspect of Halo 2 as it's a side of gaming I'm not really interested in. All I can say is that the long-delayed single-player campaign left me feeling pretty underwhelmed. 
The great core mechanics were still there, but what really clicked with me about Combat Evolved was the unprecedented sense of scale. And I feel like when it came to Halo 2, Bungie really sacrificed that for graphical polish with more detailed textures. There was nothing that even came close to classic stages from the first game, like the silent cartographer and assault on the control room. I'd also echo all the usual complaints of uninspired enemies like the Brutes and those jackal snipers who could kill you instantly from a mile away. I seem to remember it had a lot more difficulty spikes in the first game, which made playing through it on Legendary a bit of a slog, even in co-op. It also marked the point for me when Bungie started to take the story side of things a bit too seriously, and where I stopped making even a cursory effort to follow the convoluted narrative of the series. The first game was an unashamed aliens knockoff with a goofy B-movie charm. Everything that came after started to get a bit pretentious and sombre for me. All in all, it's easily my least favourite entry of the series, at least of those that Bungie made. Next up we have Snaky David, who says, Halo 2 was the most significant step for the series. Indeed, the jump within the generation to 2 seems far more striking than the next one to Halo 3. Halo 2, for me, seems like Bungie's definitive articulation of what Halo is, with everything since being refinement or experimentation. The moment-to-moment gameplay is nothing short of astonishing, a wonderfully robust sandbox full of consistently satisfying, endlessly emergent encounters. The core of Halo is there, but it's slicker, faster, and more playful. It's the most ambitious Halo, both narratively and mechanically. It's also my least favourite, an unfinished great that could have been a masterpiece. Halo is by no means a series that I go to for its story. At its best, it's a set of cool action figures which are fun to bash about with. But the music, enemy design, the grand architecture, the chatter of Marine and Covenant, and its religious overtones add weight to those cycling 30 seconds of fun. Simple and silly, its narrative elements elevate the action to something rousing. It's for that reason that Halo 2 impresses, then subsequently disappoints. We get to see the Covenant as a more complex enemy, getting more insight into their motivations and their internal struggles. We get a bit more character development. Tongue is still very firmly in cheek, but there's much more personality in Halo 2 than Combat Evolved, and there's an attempt to make the Flood a more coherent, intelligent threat. But very quickly it all devolves into something convoluted and ill-told. The lack of a definitive conclusion leaves its lore messy, something which has got a lot worse as the series has continued. Overall it feels rushed, which, judging by some of the anecdotes about development, it was. It's even evident in the gameplay, some environments don't flow that well. The boss fights feel like first drafts, and the brute design is a bit uninspiring, something they fixed in Halo 3. I haven't mentioned multiplayer because broadband, not even Xbox Live, was a long way off in our household at the time of release, so beyond some split-screen shenanigans, I never got to experience Halo 2 multiplayer as it was meant to be played, which is perhaps why my feelings are less favourable towards this entry than almost every other Halo. It's a testament to the core experience, however, that even unfinished it's a remarkable shooter even today. Whenever I play it, though, my overriding thought is always, what could have been? Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, This one came in as we started recording. Brendan Steer, via email, says, Halo 2 is a strange one. I have incredibly fond memories of the first Halo, first time you kissed a girl kind of memories, and in my head Halo 2 has always been the awkward second stage where things advance through the summer but with an inevitable bit of weirdness attached. You know something is wrong, you know this relationship is probably not for the ages, but in for an inch and in for a mile and you've got to stick it out. I think this is my only real gripe with Halo 2. This is the point where the Halo series became about multiplayer primarily. The story is interesting, sure, and I actually support the introduction of a second protagonist for the most part, 
but Bungie started to make the classic mistake of extrapolating upon their universe instead of realising what the core appeal of their initial property was. For myself, and this is admittedly subjective, the most interesting and engaging part of the initial Halo narrative was that it was essentially a Robin Crusoe tale. A single survivor stuck in an environment that was continually turning against them that could only be bested through superior wits and, in the case of Halo, firepower. There were even some survival horror elements from films such as Alien liberally spliced throughout. It was a game where I always felt as though I was up against the ropes for time, for ammo, for allies, what have you, and it was truly exciting. In addition to this, there was a beautiful element of discovery to Halo. The Covenant was called as such, and it was up to you to decide exactly what they were a covenant of. The ring itself was mysterious and haunting, not to mention the flood. This is a game that was terse on story and set up and big on ideas and letting the audience fill in the blanks. And so, in Halo 2, they give us answers, and predictably, the answers just aren't as interesting as our wonder. The Covenant is essentially an evil church run by evil space pope, like, all right, we get to punch him, right? The Arbiter, meanwhile, is actually a very interesting character, a holy warrior starting to doubt the virtue of his cause that we don't get enough time to identify with because we're shoehorned into the mechanics of a shooting game. It's a bit of ludonarrative dissonance, and while I don't dislike the character, showing me both sides of this war and letting me fight the Marines would have made more sense than just shoving him into a lot of flood levels, and eventually the Brutes, which I must admit I find rather annoying to fight. From an actual gameplay standpoint, I actually really like it. I'll be that guy and mention the terrible popping that happened during my runs through. It mostly happened in the cinemas and was a major annoyance, particularly considering the newly emphasised interest on story and world building. Dual wielding was interesting and fun, but led to weapons that were entirely useless outside of the system. The SMG, the castrated pistol, etc. It was unbalanced for sure, but I think they would have worked the kinks out if they'd kept with it. For better or for worse, it was abandoned, and every time I now play with my friends, I have to re-familiarise myself with the controls. And I would be playing with my friends because multiplayer is where this title really sings. I have an incredibly fond memory of 16-player deathmatches in friends' houses, four Xboxes, overpriced LAN cables, the whole bit. And the depth of customization with the types of game seemed endless. I played Halo 2 for years and years after its release, and the multiplayer is entirely to thank for that. I have very little to fault the game for this aspect, which brings me back to my original point. I think Bungie saw the future with this one, and it was multiplayer. It's funny that the game pushes the story aspect so hard because the player versus player matches are certainly the most outstanding thing about Halo 2, and I suspect what most of the development testing went into. There's no two ways around it. The combat is just really fun. I can't fault a game for being this fun, so I won't. There are some minor kinks in its armour, particularly the campaign, but it's still a worthy successor and a game that I poured more hours into than I care to admit. Good show, Bungie. A couple more, if you'll permit. Anthony Daniels. Star Wars again, via email. <laughs> I remember the day as if it was yesterday. Me and my friend Chris went to my house after school to find my mum had bought my copy of Halo 2 and left it on the side for me. We raced to my room and began playing instantly. I'd read a lot in Games Master magazine about Halo 2, and as the first one made me practically beg for an Xbox, I was extremely excited for the latest instalment, and we weren't disappointed. We fired up the campaign and played right through the night. We were entranced for so long that my mum came into my room the next day to wake me up and was shocked that we were still sat playing the game. She made me switch it off and made us go to sleep. We just switched it back on when she left. The dual wheel mechanic really added a badass feel to the shooting mechanics, which was made even more impressive by the fact that you dropped your gun for a beatdown. The fact you or the AI could jump onto vehicles to hijack them made you feel like an 80s action hero. 
the game felt quicker, more exciting, and a lot bigger. The campaign itself to a 15-year-old boy who was obsessed with games was fantastic. The switch in roles felt fresh, and the overall story kept me interested enough to continue playing. Once we finished the game, we instantly tried it on Legendary and went on the hunt for skulls. The skulls are a nice touch, and they add so much to replayability to the game, especially as we didn't have a decent internet connection back then, and paying for Xbox Live was deemed as stupid by my parents. If I knew then what I knew now about the game being cut short due to development time and no patches, I probably would have been annoyed. But at the time, I considered it a cool film-type setup and a guarantee of a third Halo, which only lit my enthusiasm more. I haven't played Halo 2 since I was a young lad, so all of my views are that of a teenage version of myself, and my fond memories of a game that switched me to the Microsoft camp for the next eight years, until I became more of a console war pacifist who loves every console equally. But I will say this, Halo 2 is one of the few games I remember exactly what happened the day I got it, and it will always be etched into that time in my life. Although I haven't played it since, I don't think I ever want to, or will ever need to. I think a lot of us have games like that, don't we? Mm-hmm. But they keep re-releasing them, so we have to play them again <laughs> for trophies and achievements uh, and for sheer fun. Finally, let's hear from Ben Munro, also emailed in. Halo 2 was my first experience with the Halo franchise, and it's quite possibly the one game that's had the biggest effect on my gaming career. I didn't get Halo 2 the day of release in 2004, but an afternoon spent round a mate's house headshotting grunts in co-op was enough to convince me I had to do anything I could to own this game. And so, despite the staunch PlayStation fanboy 12-year-old I was, the only way to get hold of Halo 2 was to trade in my PS2 along with all the games. <sighs> it is a decision that I never regretted, as Halo 2 was the start of a long love affair between myself and first-person shooters. Halo 2 was like nothing I'd ever played before. It was a vibrant and living world where the AI mimicked real-world motions like nothing before. The vast array of weaponry and vehicles on offer made the game a riot from start to finish. To this day, I don't think any series has matched the chaotic vehicular combat of Halo. The game wasn't without its faults. Yes, the end came out of nowhere, and some of those flood levels could be a bit of a slog, but the highs far outmatched the lows. Returning to the game with the Master Chief Collection reinforced my opinion that Halo 2 was the peak of the Halo franchise, especially on the multiplayer side. And regardless of where the series goes in future, Halo 2 will forever be a favourite of mine. There we have it. Thank you, everybody. Uh, unsurprisingly, for a game that sold eight and a half million copies, we had uh, several emails there. And uh, forum posts. Right. Quicker are our three-word reviews from Twitter at Kane Rince. Gary Blower says, a mixed bag. Neckymancer, not quite three. Graham Strachan, in media res. Luke Jones, where's the chief? Adam Rostan. Exhilarating dual SMGs. Richard Nick, Rocket Launcher OP. Roxy, turn on skulls. And finally, Spencer Saunders says, late nights online. Indeed, for many. Right, uh, a brief summary then, please, each. Uh, I suppose, really, the question is, um, would you recommend the Master Chief Collection? <laughs> uh, or something along those lines. Just sum up in however you mm. see fit. Darren. Yeah, you know, replaying uh, Halo 2 Anniversary, or sorry, playing Halo 2 Anniversary, therefore replaying Halo 2. I enjoyed it despite the, the problems that, you know, invaded the game on release, uh, you know, invaded Master Collection. When I first played Halo 2 on the Xbox, I remember being quite underwhelmed by the story but uh, and, and the levels, but the combat kept me going through. And I felt the same 
playing through all the the Halo games in the Master Chief Collection. Halo 2 definitely stood out as a low point, but it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it because the core combat is there, you know, sticky grenade in a grunt's face and watching it pop off the side of a cliff into the sea is always going to be hilarious. Um, so yeah, you know, the, the new weapons are a bit hit and miss for me as well. You know, I like the carbine. I don't like the SMG. I, you know, I like the lock-on rocket launcher. I don't like some other guns that are also in it. So it's kind of a controversial game for me. Like, I like playing as the Arbiter, but, it, it, you know, they kind of, they don't go whole hog of it like you kind of want to feel like an elite but they don't really go the whole way with it so you know the whole game for me is kind of twos and fro's and ups and downs which is is really interesting to replay after all these years because you you, you're kind of seeing it in in a different way so it's been like it's been it's been a fair few years since i had actually played it you know on on the xbox and so seeing it in a new light you know many years afterwards um, it's really interesting to see how the game's put together i like it it's just not great which I kind of associate the Halo series with greatness. And uh, yeah, Halo 2, it's a low point, but it doesn't mean it's rubbish. Yeah, thinking back, I, I honestly don't have a lot of affection for Halo 2 compared to its predecessor or collectively some of its successors. I think it dropped the ball in a number of ways. But again, as Darren says, that doesn't mean I didn't have a lot of fun playing it, certainly bits of it, uh, you know, the bits where it is just pure Halo moment-to-moment gameplay, there's a lot of fun to be had. It mixed things up a bit with the dual wielding and the different weapons and some new enemies and stuff like that. I would absolutely not recommend that people go back and seek out an original copy of Halo 2 for the uh, Xbox, whether playing it on a 360 or whatever. But, uh, and this is going to happen in several podcasts uh, as we do this series, I would absolutely recommend anyone who's ever enjoyed a first-person shooter to get hold of a copy of the Master Chief Collection because uh, it's a ridiculous amount of fun um, and Halo 2 is just, you know, a part of that. So do it. Tony? Halo 2 is sandwiched between two of my absolute favourite Halo games. Um, One, because to me it changed the face uh, of the gaming industry Uh, and with 3 I got massively into its multiplayer so I spent Hundreds of thousands of hours of that game. Um, two to me seems like an an, an interesting failure. Um, undoubtedly, the core gameplay is still solid, fantastic, um, everything that Halo is about. But through its ambition of wanting to tell a grander story, I think it actually lost what um, makes Halo great, which is the stories that come from the gameplay itself. Um, I think by making the environments um, smaller and more contained, took some of those you know moments of. It's almost like Bungie are unaware that there's like a one to forty scale to Master Chief to environment. There's no reason for the environment to be that big. <laughs> they just kind of went with yeah. it. And Halo Two, they they kind of made that scale one to ten. Hmm. And probably from a game design, that makes perfect sense. But from a a fun just you know, let the gameplay tell me the story. Let me have that that moment to moment fun. It it doesn't quite click. Um, but I do appreciate that there's so much fun to be had just through playing the game. But unfortunately, their ambitious uh, attempt of of you know making the Halo story more grandeur actually doesn't quite work, and it leaves more of a, a sour taste in the mouth than it probably should. 
and that's from somebody that actually quite like playing as the Arbiter, which is a um, you know not a particularly well liked um, uh, thing to say. So I think ultimately, yes, Halo Two is actually a fantastic game, but I think unfortunately, it's in amongst you know some utter yeah, masterpieces is a strong word, but it's un- it's it's amongst some very very highly regarded games. So you can't help but kind of look at it and going. Ah, that was the stepping stones to to something bigger, or that was a misstep from something they should could have been better. So you know, I'm thoroughly enjoying going back and playing Halo Two, and I'm sure anybody that hasn't played it before would equally enjoy their time with that game. But you know, as context of where it sits in the series, it's an interesting failure. Thanks, Tony. And uh, let's conclude with Carl. <laughs> Halo Two's fun because for so many years. I wouldn't recommend it, and it's taken me the better part of a decade to learn to love it. Um, the little things that really annoyed me when it first came out—the changes to you know dual wielding, um, the the removal of or altering of certain weapons, the the lack of really bold, massively scaled environments that that shone in the first game weren't there—and I perhaps overlooked the other things that it did really well um you know the 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 core combat is still incredibly good you know the the ai is is always offering a challenge it's filled with little touches and easter eggs and hidden lines of text and you know the hidden skulls and whatnot and after 10 years i think that appreciation it, it puts it in a very strange position because Halo 2's basically the ugliest person on the catwalk, but it's still a supermodel. You know, it, it's still an elite game. It's just, it's for me, not as good as the other Halo games. But what do we expect? <laughs> we've always we've talked time and time again about evolutions and revolutions and, and whatnot in the gaming industry. Halo doesn't walk the, the path most often tread. It, it you know, it makes its own and other games have followed. Halo 2, for all its fault, <laughs> was a revolution because it offered the multiplayer. I didn't appreciate it at the time, but you see the impact now, 10 years on. You can't not praise the game for that. If you go into it now, as Leon said, the Master Chief Collection is just a bargain amongst bargains. It's this generation's orange box. It's got five, four games out of the gate, you know, fifth with ODST, potentially reaching the future. For you, you can get it for below the standard retail price. And, and Halo 2, amongst those games, certainly holds its own. I think once you, you, know, you go back and you see the others, it, it definitely is right up there as a high-quality title. Um, it's just... When you know when Bungie sort of aim for perfection and they get so much right so often, Halo Two maybe stands out a bit more because of the things they got wrong. Ten years on, it wasn't as bad as I originally thought. I definitely recommend picking it up, get the Master Chief Collection, play through them all, play through Halo Two. And why not? Uh, it's cheaper than it was too, and more, uh, more fixed, less broken. Good. Right. Uh... 
it just remains then for me, Leon, to thank Tony, Darren, and Carl, and to tell you that next time, in issue 182, RSI-inducing rhythm action with frequency and amplitude. Until then.